five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program, and we are home. We're in our home in Woodmere. That's right. You know it. Joel and his staff here at Gotta Get a Bagel, they always make us feel at home. And uh, we're back. We're back on Long Island for a uh, live radio broadcast between now and 9 a.m., uh, the mystery location for our Thursday Live Lunch remains a mystery to some. We'll talk about that later on. But right now I'm just studying some uh, information I have in front of me. Uh, the winner of the great Nahum Miriam golf ball drop battle of 2019. Uh, I'm just trying to get through this email here that I have in front of me. Good morning. Good morning to you. How are you? I J- am Just well. a moment. I'm trying to get... Excuse me. I'm sorry. This, by the way, is... I I know you wanted to start a discussion, but I'm trying to get through this email. Go for it. This is one of my tactics of of making sure I don't have to commute in in the morning. Is what? By arranging live remotes from here? Yes. It worked. Well, it works for me. It only took me about 35 minutes to drive here. I know. It's one of those moments that the five towns is close to things. Well, not really. It's like Teaneck on Tuesday. I wouldn't say close. I don't know. You live on the Lower East Side. It's not around the corner for anybody. Well, it's the it's the center. Of oh, there we go. <laughs> it, is, it is the place you want to be, no matter where you're working at night. You want to be living on the Lower East Side. Uh, you know, because no matter where you are, you're not that far away. Is from that anywhere. why the community is growing so much? Well, it's growing, just not I don't you know, know. not the Jewish not community. Like, oh, okay. But you know, but but no complaints about okay. that. Okay. <laughs> uh, and good morning. Just a moment. I'm in the middle of reading an email. Go and, for it. And the winner of the great Nahum Miriam Golf. Does Yoni know this? I don't know. Oh. Could you let me, please? I'm, I'm trying to study this, and you're interrupting me at I the know. beginning of the show. I know. It's already going well. And the winner of the great Nahum Miriam golf ball drop battle of 2019 by 16 golf balls. Yep. That is a, That's a that is a mammoth. I think we call that a route. Mammoth victory. That is a route. I know. Let me just see, let me just see the, the, the end result. Let me yes. see who, who has the 16 golf ball victory. Uh, N A C H U M. That yes. would be me. That would be now. Tis you. Wow. For, you for a moment there, I couldn't get through the email. I was worried as I'm reading it who might be Why the winner. Why are you clapping? Yeah, Yodi. <laughs> clap. Settle down, Pollock. Clap, clap louder. Settle down. Yeah. Anyway, so we will discuss this with Ryan. For the next three hours, we're going to be discussing this. Because Azer Mitzion, uh, the, the same organization that sponsored the Nahum Miriam Golf Bowl drop battle. I don't think they sponsored it as much as they set up the golf ball drop, and then they happened to realize that, hey, this would be good shtick, and it worked. I'm not minimizing it. It certainly, certainly worked. Putting you and I at odds over, well, anything, anything? yeah, is a good tactic for raising money. So congratulations to me. Yes. But really congratulations to those whose lives are being saved by Azer Mitzion because we helped them raise a little bit more money to do some swabbing. And to the, the three people who thing. got the Split the Pot. And the three – oh, let me, let me read yeah. that. The three people who are the winners of the Split the Pot based on the uh, Miriam Nahum ball drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, DN was the first place winner. Correct. With a, just over $2,700. Uh, Daniela Gershel won uh, a drop under $1,400. And $458 to a uh, – a woman we know as Dr. Shari Mann. Correct. Who, who under normal contest rules, would be completely disqualified. Well, if you and I had contest. won, we'd be disqualified. <laughs> Shari gets to win. Shari gets whatever she wants is my policy. And uh, let's see here. Yes, $458. So Shari's going to be Woo-hoo! 
So uh, for, unfortunately for Shari, I've just revealed to her entire family that she's the winner. Yes. Of the, of the it's possible she was looking for small unmarked bills and not sharing them <laughs> with the family, but that's okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. So here we are. Got to get a bagel. Mm-hmm. And the bagels are fresh and the pastries look delicious. It smells so good in here. It's ridiculous. And the coffee you claim is really good. It is. I mean, it's not that I claim well, it. Well, I just haven't had it. So I, I can't claim it. Right. Although there's a very, very uh, nice display. It's of, a coffee bar. Of coffee choices. Yeah. yeah. It's a coffee uh, bar. It is with some cappuccino available and all that. Yeah, it's all good. And uh, did you see they have some, uh, I guess they call them muffin tops, right? Of course. Muffin tops over there in the, uh, in the display case. I'm not a big believer in the muffin tops. Meaning? I'd rather buy the whole muffin and then rip off the top. Mm-hmm. Why, Yoni, you're shaking your head. That would, be, that would be a good topic for a sitcom, you know? What, muffin tops? Yeah, yeah. ripping off the muffin top. Exactly. That would be, be a good topic for a sitcom. Keep that in mind. If we ever go into TV, keep If we that ever in mind. do a show about nothing? Yeah, then keep that in mind. Exactly. Right. All right, um... So we've got to get a bagel. According to Miriam L. Wallach, uh, you, they will take your Rosh Hashanah orders until the day before Rosh Hashanah. The Friday before. The right. Friday before Rosh Hashanah. So not till the 29th. The 29th is Friday. Is 29th Friday? No. 29th is Sunday. Oh. So that's Erev Rosh Hashanah, literally. Sunday 29th is Erev Rosh Hashanah. Okay, so then I'm going to tear this piece of paper up and find out what day that Friday is. It'll be the 26th. That's 27th. The 27th, right, 27th. So they're going to take your orders till the 27th. Orders until... You can contact Gotta Get a Bagel at the 516-569-6628, 516-569-6628. They have a really lovely menu. Have your credit a, card in hand. Right, with a whole bunch of uh, great things that they uh, serve here on a regular basis. And, of course, if you need... Anything specific for Rosh Hashanah, fruit platters and pastry platters, etc., 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 then you'll want to make sure to contact Gotta Get a Bagel, whose official address is 1039 Broadway in Woodmere. Yes. Under Nevada to five towns. And again, 516-569-6628. All right. We got a lot going on today. Today is a big day. Yeah. Um, this is, a, by the way, do you realize that this is our fourth remote for the week? What do you mean fourth? Achiezer. Oh, fourth of the week starting Sunday, right? The week starts on Sunday, no? Right. So we were uh, we were with Achiezer at the TWA hotel on Sunday. Or as one of my kids referred to it, Twa. Right. Because he's too young to know it's TWA. <laughs> on Tuesday, we were in Teaneck, New Jersey at Sammy's. Correct. Uh, Tuesday night, we were with our friends at Amudim who reached their goal, by the way. Oh, Mazel tov. According to what I saw this morning, they wow. reached their goal. Yeah. That's great. Baruch Hashem for that. It's it's one of the advantages of working with <laughs> Nachum Siegel is you, you reach your charity goal. Svigalak's email this morning <laughs> read, read something like, uh, okay, I won't bother you now for another year. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like We reached our goal, thank God. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I don't know about all campaigns that happened this week. I just know about that one. Was last year's in September also? October? Was it before Yom Tov last year? I don't know what we did Maybe three days ago. I don't remember. You're the and second then, person who expects me to know something that happened a year ago. And then today, we're here at Gotta Get a Bagel. Yes. This is time number what for us? Is this the third time we're going to get a bagel? I think it's three. This is the third time we're going to get a bagel? I think it's I know three. JNF was with us JNF one time. JNF was here. And, and then, then we were here two months ago. Right. See, this is what happens. When you treat us well and you say you guys should come back, we actually do. That's what Sammy's doesn't realize also. They treated us really well, and they kept on saying you should come back. And then, look, we do come back. And we're going to try to get back there. Correct. Um, and then later today, starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, the question is, where will the Thursday live lunch be? I remind you that the surprise live lunch two weeks ago was in Washington Heights. Yep. Live lunch last week was in Lakewood, New C- Jersey. Can you give people a hint? 
Well, I mean, I think people can. Is it is it too early to give people a hint? I think it's too early to give. I mean, I, I mean, this is you know, this is the ongoing debate about how upfront we should be with this information because I am of the opinion that we should just keep it a secret and you know not discuss it. But obviously, there's some people who feel that there. That would be me. That there needs well, to I would be. just can we tell people it's still in the five towns. Well, you just have. I know. So Isn't I guess, that good? I, I guess that takes care of that. But you know, he's shaking his well, head. Well, we did because we we thought we'd at least. The, the clue we would give would be it must obviously be somewhere within 90 minutes of where we are now because, you know, you got to leave, set up, be ready by 11, et cetera. Okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to tweak that a little bit. And it's say, within 15 minutes of where we are now. Okay, it's within 15 minutes of where we are now. Now, the only thing I like about the, your hint, because yes. I'm not a big fan of, of revealing any of this info, but the, what I like about your hint is that. Within 15 minutes of where we are now, there's a million choices. Correct. So there's a lot of different possibilities of where this thir- this 11 o'clock mm-hmm. live lunch is going to be happening. So we'll my see kids what are convinced all we do is go to pizza stores. Well, last week we were in one in Lakewood, and then two weeks ago we were one in Washington Heights. Right. Right. And, and Joel sells and actually pizza. Bagels. And actually in Riverdale, <laughs> we did the Jam Nam program. We were also in front of a pizza. I'm show. telling you, they're convinced all we do is go to pizza. Because stores. that's because the, the basic the basic gathering spot. Uh, the the communal water cooler of the Jewish neighborhoods are pizza shops usually, and because I like to eat. The town square of Jewish <laughs> neighborhoods are usually pizza shops. The back of the shul for Jewish communities is the pizza shop. Right? Yeah, sure. Didn't someone say something to you this week about being in the Houston pizza shop? They said to you that uh, which show was that? It was at the show. It was at the one in Tina. In a Houston pizza yeah, shop? Yeah, someone said to Yoni, they visited Houston. They remember being at the pizza shop near the airport. Was it Ellie? I think it was Ellie. What? Yeah, they were at a pizza shop near the airport. And uh, There's a pizza shop near he, the airport in Houston? Well, no? Well, Yoni says there isn't, but it's possible that it was 20 minutes away, and he just thought it was close to the pizza sh- to, the, to the airport. Who knows? I don't understand. Maybe it wasn't Houston. Maybe it was a different city. Who oh, knows? That's, Yoni's like, that's, the, that's it. <laughs> Maybe it was Woodmere because <laughs> we have because you stores. do have pizza shops near the yes, airport. Yes. No, actually, you don't. Cedars near the airport. You can leave the airport. Yeah, but it's still a ten minute drive. It's a twenty minute drive. Okay, so it's still a especially drive. with the new traffic. Pa- yes. So there's no, but I don't know of any city. Do we know of any city that has a kosher pizza shop re- really near its airport? That's a very good question. Elizabeth, New Jersey, has a pizza shop We're near Newark Airport. We're being very New York centric right now. Well, I'm trying right to now. figure this out. If there's any place, well, the answer in Israel is no. But you could eat pizza. No, you could eat pizza in the airport. I didn't say that's not I'm what their saying, question but, is. Yeah, but I mean, no, no, you, you know, okay. I mean, kosher pizza is available. I understand. Or. I'm not saying it's not. All right. Okay. Uh, we're gonna play for you a. Uh, a song. Are you playing music off of your phone? Yeah, would you mind if I do I that? feel free. We have the doohickey available. Oh, I forgot about that. I need that. Yoni thing. has it. It's already attached. Thank you, Yoni. You're a champion of broadcast radio. The doohickey is the official term for a piece of equipment, which is basically an Apple adapter. Yeah, I think people probably know what you're referring to. But we refer to it as a doohickey. The only other doohickey that I've ever been familiar with is the thing that changes... The American plug to a European plug for when you're in Israel, and you got to plug something into the wall. That little, shm- I think some people call it a smitchik or a, an adapter. Or, right, that adapter is called the doohickey as well in many references. I don't know. So. I don't think it is. I think we're just referring to this as doohickeys because otherwise we're going to confuse doohickeys. Okay, I I would like to maintain oh the fact. Oh boy. <laughs>
It's a Thursday. It's a Thursday. Uri Davidi is brand new with this selection. More coming up from Got to Get a Big. We do have an amazing list of guests, Crazy. including David Cutler, Dove Hyken, Rabbi Gladstein, who just wrote this beautiful book for us, Shani M. Kipper uh, from Art Scroll. Uh, Rabbi Adam Englander is going to join us from Halb. Ryan Hyman from Azer Mitzion, as we mentioned. There'll be a lot to talk about with the golf ball drop from earlier this week. Charlie Harari, folks from Hindi's Libraries, Naomi Nachman, all part of today's lineup I know. between now and 9 a.m., if you keep it here, uh, at the Nachum Siegel Network and JM in the AM. This is uh, Uri Davidi. <laughs> Kalilim <laughs>
JM in the AM with Eitan Katz. Yeravna is the name of that selection. Uh, before that, Muchanim done by Uri Davidi. Welcome to a, a Thursday, everybody. We are in uh, Got to Get a Bagel on this 19th of September and the 19th day in the month of Elul. Uh, a week from Monday night, the, a week from Sunday night, the brand new year of 5780. We're on the road this month with Azer Mitzion. Azer Mitzion sponsors our on the road programming all through the month of uh, September. Uh, today, live from Gotta Get a Bagel in Woodmere, New York. You can come visit us at um, 1039 Broadway. And uh, later today, our mystery location for the Thursday Live Lunch. Where will it be? Oh, boy. I'm not going to reveal anything. Maybe a hint or two later on, but that's it. Uh, we'll be in a mystery location beginning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to be tuned in here to the Nahum Siegel Network. This is a um, this is from the most recent album by Yaakov Shweki. It is um, 28 minutes after 6 a.m. on a Thursday with a full lineup of very special guests and a whole bunch of uh, wonderful visitors who are going to be here with us on the show at Got to Get a Bagel in Woodmere. Keep it right here at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Welcome to a Thursday, everybody. We're at Gotta Get a Bagel in Woodmere. Uh, we invite you to stop by and say hello. 1039 Broadway in Woodmere. 
Uh, we invite you to come by and uh, and guess where we're going to be at 11 a.m. Where will today's Thursday live lunch be? That's the question. Um, we may just pop onto Facebook Live at some point around 11 a.m. and start asking that quiz question and see what people have to say. Uh, later in this show, we will uh, discuss the uh, brand new Art Scroll book by uh, Rabbi Gladstein. I do remind you that our friends at Art Scroll are offering a. Uh, Promo code RADIO, which gets you 15% off the Variations Cookbook by Daniela Silver. 20% off the Or HaChaim set that has just been completed. And also 15% off of Rabbi Gladstein's brand new book, plus free shipping, of course. All this till the 27th of September. Go to artscroll.com, place your order, use promo code Radio. Coincidentally, that's the same date until which you can place orders here at Gotta Get a Bagel for Rosh Hashanah. Huh. So if you need a fruit platter or a pastry platter. Correct. Or give me another example. You know, challah. Challah. Yes. Um, round lock, challahs. Locks. Sure. Round challahs. They have round challahs. Round there? chocolate chip challahs. Round raisin challahs. Are you a chocolate chip challah, raisin challah person? I, I mean... I'm I'm less of the sweet and more of a savory kind of gal. I um <laughs> in general. I find it frustrating. You can't have hummus with your chocolate chip challah. I I find it frustrating uh having sweet challah, chocolate chip, raisin, even um you know, the sugary top whatever that's yeah, called. Crumb topping. Yeah, I I I always I I would prefer plain challah. Uh, well, that doesn't surprise me. Your favorite food is white rice. It doesn't fit with the whole Shabbos Yontif motif as far as I'm concerned. No, I get the whole Rosh Hashanah thing has got to be sweet, but therefore we have honey. We have honey that sweetens your challah. That's the whole point right. of the honey. Right. So I make one kind of challah for Rosh Hashanah that I don't make the rest of the year. And that is? I mean, it's a... It's a drum roll, please. It's a cinnamon and sugar topping kind of a thing, oh. but I don't make it the rest of the year. Okay. My kids are not big raisin challah eaters. It's more like let's pick out the raisins from right. the challah eaters. Right. Um, Which so I'm not a fan of. Not a fan of picking out the raisins? Yeah, I'm not, not a fan of the whole practice. Oh. And, I, and I'm not a fan of the challah knife being raisined. Oh, I hear that. Yeah, I don't like that. I hear or that. Or being chocolate chipped. Or being anything or the honey on it either. You put chocolate on a challah knife. I mean, come on. Or on the challah board. Yeah. Oh. Ugh. So you're with me on this. All right. I wouldn't say I'm with you, but I hear your point. <laughs> I hear your point. Also, just the honey in general, it just gets everywhere. Yeah. Though I'm a big creamed honey person or a spreadable honey, not dripping all over the place honey. So do you serve the dripping honey? Do you I have it on the table? I do, but of course, in, I do it in a completely, and I say this with love, OCD manner. Right. So you, you determine how much honey everybody gets on their not challah. Not just that. Not just that. <laughs> but I do make a round challah yeah. with basically a hole in the middle Right. that um, allows the honey receptacle to sit in the middle of the challah. Right. So when you pass it around, you can pull off a piece and you can dip your own Honey in there, or so you the challah hu- in the honey. And so the honey basically stays on that challah. That is platter. correct. Right. That is how not, I have it. It's not moving about. It's really not making hakafos around my table. It just needs to stay in there so that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. All right. And well, there are two rows of challah. Yeah. Of challah pieces that surround the honey receptacle. 
Rece- honey receptacle is something my father would say. The bowl of honey or the right. cup of honey. Sits the honey right dish, th- no. It's not a honey dish. <laughs> but it is. It's not. It's it just is. a dish that has honey. Please, the honey um, dish. It sits there in the middle, and then, you know, it's what fortified. A smidgek. It's no. a honey smidgek. No. It sits there. <laughs> I can't have honey happening everywhere. <laughs> it's not good for me. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. So the honey dish is in the middle, yes. and, and most of the honey stays in that area of the table. You know what it's like, by the way? What? It's like how often I have to sweep on Pesach. You're a big Pesach sweeper. I, I mean, I love matzah. I love matzah. But the crumbs that are created is enough to make me crazy in September. You serve uh, honey till when? Do you serve it on... Oh, excellent question. Do you serve it at the Sudan Mafsekis, Erev Yom Kippur? Do you serve it um, uh, Sukkis? Do you serve it Simchas Torah? You're serving honey with your challah till when? Till till the end. Simchas Torah? Yeah. Wow. But it's optional. You could use salt if you wanted to. Sure. (laughs) <laughs> by then, but you're, by you, then it's very great. Do you serve? Do you serve? <laughs> do you serve horseradish on Sukkot? Yes, you do serve. Do you serve it on Rosh Hashanah? Oh, uh, interesting question. That's always the big. Of thing. course, not serve? just that, but when I was growing up, you couldn't have you couldn't have salad dressing. My grandfather, when we ate, yes, when we had Rosh Hashanah with my grandfather, you were not allowed to have salad dressing. It was bitter because it was sharp. Same uh-huh. thing with same thing with crane, right? Same thing All with right. horseradish, and also same thing with garlic. Right. So in our house, somebody somebody would sneak the horseradish to the table somehow in Russia. Of course, <laughs> and no choice. No, but you you can monitor it by making it crayonnaise. <laughs> that makes it better. Yeah, sure. <laughs> then it's a dressing dip kind of a thing. But your grandfather still wouldn't. No, like no, that. no, 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 no. He still wouldn't go no, for that. Nothing sharp. Nothing. Uh, but he also didn't sleep on Russia, Shana. Correct. Uh, I know people who are very mockbid not to course, sleep on Rosh but I'm not mockbid about any of that. <laughs> you when people Rosh say you're going to have a sleepy year, I'm like, bring it. <laughs> so God should bless me with a sleepy year. Wow. I know. Um, are you are you telling me you don't sleep on Rosh Hashanah? Well, first of all, I have the ultimate excuse. I can't excuse. wait till the comments on the app. I have the ultimate excuse that I'm allowed to sleep Rosh Hashanah because the, the famous thing is if you're the Shliach Sibor, you're allowed, you allowed to rest, to rest up. For the next day's Rosh Hashanah. Um, okay, so. well, I'm allowed to sleep on Rosh Hashanah because, number one, I work for you. <laughs> yeah, therefore. By association, I should be allowed to sleep. And number two, because, you know, I have to make sure the food's ready for the next day. Mm, a little bit of a stretch. But I don't I, think so. Um, but, yes, a lot of people do not sleep Rosh Hashanah, although I have noticed over the years that that custom has been obliterated. Yeah. <laughs> I don't that, know anybody who's holding and, there. And yeah. as the Rosh Hashanah ending times for davening has gotten earlier, right. more likely that someone's going to be sleeping on Rosh Hashanah afternoon. There is no one at the Wallach household, though it is proposed annually. Okay, who's not going to sleep today? <laughs> Why? Someone has to not sleep? I, I don't know. It's just a conversation that happens. Who's not going to sleep today? Interesting. It just never, you know, it never goes through. The Orthodox Union presents Torah New York indoors at City Field this coming Sunday, beginning at 845 in the morning, all the way until 6 p.m. Could you imagine? A list of speakers is going to go all the way until 6 o'clock. It's a superstar list. It is a, it's an amazing all-star lineup. A day of Torah study, inspiration, and connection. They have the Smichat Chaver program. And Siyum, uh, the Rav's Tshuva Drasha, as Rabbi uh, Pardo told us yesterday, never before seen footage of the Rav's Tshuva Drasha is going to be shown. There'll be a children's program for those 5 through 12 years old. There'll be teen programming as well. With brand new speakers, brand new programs, and a whole new experience, Torah New York promises to be an absolutely incredible day this Sunday 
at City Field. How do you register? TorahNY.org. TorahNY.org. And from what we're told, already a record number of registrants uh, in uh, comparison to past years. TorahNY.org. I think you can also go to OU.org slash TorahNY. Yes, I yeah. believe so as well. Um, and by the way, there is children's programming available yeah, as well. Yeah, so we said 5 to 12 children's programming, I ed- mean, educational who, and entertaining activities. Look who's walking in already. And uh, and speaking of NCSY. Look who's walking in already who I told I would remind him to come in this morning and I didn't do it. <laughs> speaking of NCSY and, chil- and children's programming. <laughs> We're going to be speaking with someone who's one of the key people when it comes to educating our children coming up. If you're traveling to Israel, make sure... We usually, by the way, we usually don't talk to him this early. I don't mean in the day. I mean in the year. Correct. I know. But we're made an exception since we're here in the 510. It's already the summer. For this man, it's already the summer. Is it ever not summer for you? His head is in July right now. Do you own long sleeves? He's ready for the three weeks to start. (laughs) Simple as that. He doesn't want to wear long sleeves. If you're traveling to Israel, make sure you have the best and most reliable SIM cards, phones, and MiFi cards. Visit GroupSIM.com, GroupSIM.com, and order everything you need from one convenient and reliable website. Use promo code Nahum, N-A-C-H-U-M. Promo I'm not co- commenting. Promo code Nahum. I heard you. I'm not commenting. At checkout, you save 15% off your order. SIM cards, phones, and MiFi cards for Israel at GroupSIM.com. You know what we need, by the way? What do we need? You know how in the U.S. Open they have those enormous tennis balls that you can yeah. get? I think Azer Mitzion needs to make, like, big golf balls for you and me. Like That we get, then get autographed by people, you mean? No, it was as just... Keepsakes? As keepsakes? That's, like, that's what they do with the giant tennis I balls. I know. Those are cool. I don't know right. how you store. That's a pretty... But I, I think they should... I think... I'm going to bring it up with, with Ryan. You know what you just reminded me of? Tell me. When you just said, how do you store something like that? Well, because I'm thinking of the studio, and I don't know where we would put these enormous golf balls, and then I was upset for mentioning it out loud. When yeah. I got to visiting day... Yeah. I knew Masora was going to come when up. When I, I got to visiting day at the end of July, yes, I was informed, and I had been informed before visiting day, that Gavri Siegel went to an amusement park yes, and got one of those you know, massive snakes, like a really you know, big, thick snake. That, Toy snake. Yeah, like one of those, uh, yes. one of those stuffed animals uh-huh. that he won. And I saw it on his bed in camp on visiting day. It was longer than his bed. And, and was it taller than Gavri? Took up half the bed. Yes. Right? And uh, he said to me that he threatened that he's bringing it home after the summer. And uh-huh. I never followed up. I have no idea what happened to it. Where is that thing? Did he leave it in camp? There's no way Stacey Siegel allowed it in the I house. I guess. I guess he knew. It could it. be under his bed. <laughs> it's possible <laughs> that he's hiding it somewhere or went straight to storage maybe. And when you open up the storage uh, door it's now, pop out. Yeah, you're going to see one of those big snakes. It could be. By the but way. you just reminded me about that because of the giant golf ball well, uh, well, concept. N- now we've, we've hit all the important topics. Meaning? We've discussed Gavri. Yeah. Check. <laughs> we've discussed Gavri's height. Check. <laughs> that was you, not me. Uh, you were getting there. I just helped <laughs> you along. We mentioned Camp Misora. I didn't say Missouri. I said camp. Yeah, I know. But again, it was going <laughs> to be you your next Missouri. sentence. It was, I, this Meanwhile, is, she's responsible for all this. Yeah, Because I'm just trying to speed things along. <laughs> I know you're going to hit there. I just might as well get it done. Is that it? Are those the three things? And also, where your promo code Nahum. Right. Which is you just going to be the next two hours and 12 minutes of bragging rights. When you go. Do bragging rights end today at 9 o'clock? Well, we'll see. Let's discuss that with Ryan. He may say that this can go on for next year until the next golf ball drop. I don't know. Great. You know, that I'm champion and, uh, you know. Until that I'm champion. Until the next contest. Well, it's going to be a long day. I don't know about that. Yeah. Well, All right. Um, champion 
Siegel. We are located today at our mobile studio at Gotta Get a Bagel. Thank you to Joel and his amazing staff. Come by at 1039 Broadway in Woodmere. And meanwhile, we continue with more music and plenty more in a very, very guest-filled, action-packed Thursday at JM in the AM.
So give me a whistle, a whistle and muzzle Give me a whistle, a whistle and click Give me a whistle, a whistle and muzzle Give me a whistle, a whistle and click
JM in the AM with eighth day. That's called Bissela Mazel here at JM in the AM. Uh, we're here at Got to Get a Bagel in Woodmere. We're here until 9 o'clock this morning. And then, of course, at 11 a.m., it's the mystery location for our Thursday live lunch. We won't reveal anything yet, but we will tell you that uh, it's going to be quite a show. Just like all of our other mobile shows have been this week and all through the month. Brought to you by Azer Mitzion. Azer Mitzion sponsors our month on the road. All the different uh, locations, all the different uh, spots that we've been uh, broadcasting from, including today from Gotta Get a Bagel. We'll speak with Ryan Hyman of Azer Mitzion a little later on, who's going to bring a very special guest along with him. A real hero, and truth is hero in more ways than one. We'll explain all of that coming up. Here at JM in the AM, uh, we'll also get into the uh, ball uh, golf ball drop competition, which uh, has a definitive winner, and we'll explain all of that coming up later on as well. This is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. And kicking off our distinguished list of great guests this morning here at JM in the AM is David Cutler. We know him as the uh, director of NCSY Summer Programs and somebody who is responsible for the education of thousands of Jewish children, not only during the summer, but I would say um, with an education that lasts all year long. David Cutler, good morning, sir. Good morning, Nachum. How are you? Baruch Hashem. You more than anybody can attest to how important these summer months are in the education of a Jewish child. And I'm sure all through the year you get reaction from teachers, from parents, from those who tell you how the NCSY summer programs has been a transformative experience for the young people. So Baruch Hashem, it's really, uh, somebody asked me the other day, what do you do during the winter? <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, they, they only knew that uh, this is probably as busy a time as, as the summer. But Baruch Hashem, our, our, our programming over the summer very much lasts and uh, you know, reverberates into the year. We, we have a lot of follow-up programming and continued relationship programming that goes on. Uh, and that's really starting in communities all over the country now because of what happened over the summer. All kinds of learning programs and you know, chesed programs and uh, just so many things that are going on over, you know, all across the country and in Canada. It's awesome. Thank in God. many cases, as you're pointing out, in many cases, when young people are going to Torah classes uh, during the week, when young people are gathering at Shabbatonim, when young people are, uh, are exploring different things having to do with Judaism, that's all an outgrowth of what they experience during the summer. And all of that is because the NCSY summer programs are fun and educational. Don't sell it as too educational to the kids, but fun and educational and really a unique experience. And that's whether they're in Israel or not. All your programs are that way. Thank God. They really, uh, I mean, people are very focused on Israel, which is great. And yeah. most of our, almost all of our programs, you know, 16 out of the 21 are going through Israel. Um, but no matter where we are, it's about the staff. It's about the relationships that we create. Uh, and it's about the education and about the Torah that we're giving over and the, the beautiful, dedicated staff that we have. I mean, they, uh, they really work throughout the year, and uh, they're the ones who are making a difference in these kids' lives. It's very special. We were in Israel uh, for a day with Nefesh Benefesh. I contacted you. You were in Israel the same day. I asked you where the larger groups would be that day, and you said they're in the old city of Jerusalem. How did that get together go? That oh, was awesome. We we literally had had a thousand people in the old city. Uh, you know, the old city is a very special place, and 
you know, when you have so many of our, of our groups together there doing, you know, different things. The, you have the H building, so you have the H discovery program, and you have the Kotel, and you have so many different programs going on. It's, uh, it's very special. Israel, look, Israel for us is, uh, is where all, almost like I said, all of our programs are there, and it's just a very... Yeah. If, if, if so many of our kids are experiencing their very first Shabbos, and they're very, they're very experienced with Judaism, period. And uh, doing in Israel is very special. David Cutler's here. All right, let's go through the calendar. It's now September. Uh, there are deadlines that parents need to know about because if they don't act quickly, some of these programs are not going to be available for their children. What would you say would be the, uh, the best advice you can give now in September in terms of applying to NCSY summer programs? Yeah, so it is hard to believe that we are, we are really smack in the middle of summer 2020. Our we have pre-registration that goes on now through the end of the month. Uh, and then real registration, so to speak, uh, goes live right after Rosh Hashanah, October 3rd or October 7th. Uh, one of those two days, we're, we're kind of waiting on our airline prices and confirmations right now. But as soon as we get that, we're ready to go live. So uh, for some of our bigger programs like Michlela and Kolel, uh, you got to sign up early. I, I believe our Michlela program in particular, the, the program that's based in Rashid Yerushalayim, which, which you know well, sure. um, I think they'll be already full by the end of October. Last year they were full the beginning of November. And uh, we just don't have the, Baruch Hashem, we don't have the space, but we're expanding some of our other programs as well. And uh, we should, we're trying to have room for as many kids as we can. And if I remember from our visit there, they actually added spaces uh, before last summer, and they still sold out. And now you're saying those will go even quicker than they did last year. They will. And we, we wanted to expand. We, we literally took up every bed they had, and right. they even put in special trailers for us, like new nice trailers for us, and we took all those as well. So we're, we have 100, room for 174 girls exactly. And, uh, and that's all we're going to have room for. Are you sometimes as amazed as we are by the success of certain programs? When you, did, when you started the intern program, I don't remember the official name, you could tell us. When you started that program where, where students and uh, uh, young people go to Israel and actually ID, Israel ID? Next that's step, next step. That's next step? Israel close, next step. When, 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 when they go to Israel and actually serve in companies and organizations, I did not think that that program would attract the number of people that it is attracting. Are you sometimes surprised by the success of certain programs? Sometimes, yes. That, that program, no. It's called the Next Step Internship Program. We started it, you know, we had it now for the last three summers. Uh, and this past summer was by far, you know, the, the best we had. We had 41 kids who had real, but they really, sometimes you hear of an internship, you're getting somebody coffee. Right. Uh, these kids were not doing that. They were literally doing things with, with graphics, with, uh, with, with real things in real companies, in medical, in medical situations, and, and real architecture, and real situations. A lot of it had to do with, you know, obviously English speaking in Israel, so they're, they're giving a hand to the, to the English right. speaking uh, capabilities. But it was, it was so successful to the fact that we're actually expanding. Uh, we're hoping to have a second location. This year we had one bus in Yerushalayim, and this year, next year we're hoping to have one bus in Tel Aviv as well to expand on because the, there are many more internships you can have in Tel Aviv. Uh, so we're hoping to double the program pretty much. Uh, so there could be 70 or 80 students in that program. We're, we're shooting for 70, and we'll see how it goes. But it was the, the internships this year were phenomenal. The, the 41 kids went home. Just, it just, they just were great. They, they gained a lot out of it, and the companies gained a lot out of it, and it was uh, like they're already working very hard on, uh, on next year's. And like I said, to go to a second location for us is, uh, is great. We, we really did think there was a market for resume-building type kids because not everyone, you know, some people are a little more serious, and they want to, you know, they don't want to just have a summer of fun, quote-unquote, but they want to have summer of fun and really feel that they've gained something out of it. Um, and some parents are kind of like that as well. So we, we felt there was a market for this, and we think there's even more. We think there's... Uh, Within a few years, we can have a few buses. It's challenging sometimes finding all the internships, but we work with excellent people. And, uh, 
you know, you wouldn't have thought that high schoolers would, would lend so much value to these companies, uh, but they were thrilled. They were really thrilled. David Cutler's here. It's NCSY Summer Program. So that's an <coughs> example of a program that some may have been skeptical about and has been obviously a great success. Tell me about the, uh, what's the official name of the um, EMT program? What do we call Hatsala it? Hatsala Rescue. Hatsala Rescue. Now, was this to you an automatic home run when, when someone brought this or to your attention when you thought of it? Or, or this one as well, you weren't quite sure how it This one actually, no. I, I thought with the Hatsala name, uh, with anybody wanting to go into medicine or somebody who was interested in being an EMT, um, we, we thought that program would take off. And uh, last year they also had just, I mean, they literally saved some people's lives I know, on, on their runs. Unbelievable. You know? It happened to, you know, took, it took place right before Yo Man CSY. Right, which that was amazing. Scheduling-wise was great for us. <laughs> <laughs> my, bo my boss even said, he's like, uh, it's a shame someone had to go into cardiac arrest, <laughs> but it happened to have worked well for our program. Uh, but the kids really enjoyed, I mean, how, how much more can you get out of saving someone's life over the summer? Um, and, and it was just a very fulfilling program. And it also just working with Ichod Hatzola in Israel, they were, they were great. And uh, the kids we got were just, and, and the staff were just fantastic. And pre-registration for that program actually this year really shot up. So it's uh, Will we're that program expand? That program. It'll expand, but only, still only we want to fill one bus and make sure that we get it right. We actually have a, we're start, starting a second year track. A lot of the kids from last year want to come back. So what we're going to do is have a second year um, EMT type course for them, like a different a different course for them to have, so they can come back as well. And then we'll have you know the first year kids, so to speak. Um, so it'll be expanded that way. Finally, uh, we know because we are in that segment of the community that, as you mentioned earlier, Michlelet, NCSY, Colel. If you don't take care of this registration by some point in the beginning of October, you are you know taking a big risk. What happens with TJJ? Can students around the country make this decision in March and April or not? So it's interesting. We actually are working on, on adding three to four buses of TJJ this year. Because? We, uh, because there were a few regions that really wanted it. Um, we, we're going to have to do some fundraising for it. Is this thing on? People out there? Yeah. Wanna, you know, fundraising is going to be really That'll important. That would be a good cause. Uh, but New Jersey wanted to add a second bus. Midwest wanted to add a second bus. Sorry about that. Go and ahead. There's some music in the background. <laughs> um, and, and also our, our southern region in Florida, they wanted to add like a Shana Bet type program. They have, they've started a program, which this is maybe the most incredible thing. They have kids who come back from TJJ, their first summer on TJJ, first experience the Yiddishkeit. And they have a yeshiva program during the year where they're learning, during the year, learning with actual text-based learning, with Chumash, Gemara, different type of things they're learning. So they want to start a bus this year, a Shana Bet TJJ bus, where kids are learning in the morning and then traveling in the afternoon uh, an unbelievable program. And they'll fill the bus. I really believe they'll fill the bus. We have to make sure we have the funds for it. But we're, we're hoping to add at least three buses of TJJ kids this year, which is very exciting for us because, uh, you know, that, that program is, uh, is really exploding. And it's, uh, the difference it's making in these kids' lives is like not You normal. almost can't turn them down if kids from that background So that's what, we're, that's what we're hoping. I'm hoping yeah. to fill the buses and then say, you know, we have to run these buses because we have the Nishamas signed up, so we, yeah. we have to make sure to run. That's my plan. So that may be the fundraising pitch. I don't know if Alan pitch. Fagan's listening out there. But, uh, <laughs> that may you know, be the fundraising the pitch. Yeah, that you, is. That you is. can't possibly turn down these kids if they want to stay active in the world of Torah and Judaism. And I give credit really to our, our chair, Mr. Avi Katz, and to my boss, Rabbi Micha Greenland, who really, we're, we're pushing for 2,000 kids this summer. And, uh, you may you know, hit we're, it. We may hit it, and we, we're hoping with the, with the TJJ you know, these new, these new buses uh, that will get there. But it's, it's a very exciting growth. And uh, to see, you know, regions add a bus, which is it's a big deal to have 40 more public school yeah, kids. Okay. Um, 
and even in our Machina program also, the Kolel and Machlala Machina programs, the public school programs that are immersed in the Kolel and, and Machlala programs, we're hoping to grow those programs as well because uh, they're just so phenomenally successful. We made, a girl made her bat mitzvah on the Machlala Machina program last year. The boys all have Hanachas tefillin ceremonies and the, you should see, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the clips of a boy walked into a, a store in Meisharim and there were a whole bunch of Kolel staff there with him. And they presented him as parrots filling there, and the whole place just broke out in song and dance in the middle of May Sharm onto the street, just singing and dancing. It's uh, you know, these kind of moments you can't make up, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's really unbelievable. David Cutler, it's the uh, NCSY summer programs. Uh, those of you who are parents out there who wonder what your 10th grader, I know other grades as well, but especially 10th graders are doing this coming summer. Uh, make sure to get your reservations in ASAP. It's summer.ncsy.org? Correct. Summer.ncsy.org. That's the website. And if you have any email questions, summer at ncsy.org. So summer.ncsy.org and summer at ncsy.org for the NCSY summer programs. I take this opportunity to wish you a happy, healthy, and sweet new year. And also I take this opportunity to thank you uh, for really enhancing our summer each year, spending time with NCSY in Israel and being part of what is really an amazing and incredible movement. I want to wish you and really thank you for, we, we love working with you guys. And uh, you. as you already know, the Monday, August 3rd is Yom NCSY. Monday, uh, August 3rd. Yeah, we're working on the location. And uh, Thursday, July 30th, we, I know the Kolo, the Kumsitz of the world that everyone's enjoyed. It. And we're actually this year, Shabbos Nachamu, which is that Shabbos July 1st, uh, August 1st, August rather. 1st. We're, uh, we're taking over the old city. We're going to have 1,000 people at the Kotel Friday night, early Shabbos. And I think we're going to, hopefully Shlomo Katz is going to dive in Kabbalah Shabbos for us. And we're going to just have the most amazing Kabbalah Shabbos you ever had in your life. So Thursday, Tisha B'Av with the Kumzits. Shabbos the next day in the Old City, Friday night. And then Monday would be Owen's as That's correct. And it's going to be a very, very special week, God willing. So wow. You're going to have to be there for that. And uh, <laughs> you'll say, I'm sure the Imbal will be happy to have you for Shabbos. Also, so. <laughs> Thank you, David. Thank you very much. There Enjoy. he is, Thank David you. Cutler, summer.ncsy.org, summer.ncsy.org. Get ready, everybody. It's going to be yet another banner summer with our friends from NCSY. We'll uh, go to this selection from OHAD, be back with plenty more. You are listening to a JM and the AM broadcast from Gotta Get a Bagel in Woodmere on a Thursday morning. Keep it here at JM and the AM. <laughs> Ich 
with a Venu here at JM in the AM. We've got to get a bagel in uh, Woodmere. We're here in Woodmere, New York, as we uh, are presented by Azer Mitzion on the road during the month of September. And our good friend Dove Heikind, one-time uh, New York State Assemblyman and fighter and, uh, and defender of Israel and uh, the Jewish world, now only a fighter and defender of Israel and the Jewish world. And obviously, I mean that tongue-in-cheek. Dove, a pleasure to have you here live in our mobile studio in Woodmere. Welcome to JM in the AM. First of all, it's always fabulous to be with you, and uh, in particular this morning, just getting off a plane from home, uh, from Jerusalem, and uh, we came straight here to be with you to talk about important things, which you and I have done all of my life, all of my adult life. You and I, you care deeply, you love the Jewish people, and I love the Jewish people. Uh, some people rub me the wrong way. <laughs> right. That's Good okay. Point. But that's okay. I'm trying to love them as well, especially before Rosh Hashanah. You're working Kippur. very hard on yeah, that. Yeah, that part I'm working on. That's the challenge in this world. But uh, look, the Jewish people are challenged all the, 
all the time. Sometimes things are more difficult. Sometimes things are more complicated. You know, we had a Holocaust. We had six million of our people, six million murdered men, women, and children, two million children. I mean, what a period of Jewish history and what our enemies did to us, what regular people did to us, people, your neighbors, people in the street. This is what they did to us. That's the reality of the Jewish people. Today, you know, thank God we have a state of Israel that is there to stand up and to protect its people and to protect the Jewish people. The challenges have grown. When I left office uh, back a couple of months ago, I never imagined that we would have anti-Semitism breakout at levels that have never been seen in America and here in New York. I mean, this is the irony. The Jewish community in America lives in the tri-state area, and Jews are being assaulted on a regular basis. Jews are being beaten up. You know, ladies and gentlemen out there who are listening to this, Jews are being assaulted because they are Jews. And anybody who's on social media has seen the videos. Literally, anybody who is wearing identifiably Jewish clothing or looks identifiably Jewish is a target now, even in New York City. Most of these incidents, Nachum, do not even get reported. Remember, for every incident that gets reported, you have uh, 60% that no one ever does anything. A guy in my shul said to me, a man in his 60s, is standing at King's Highway at the train station waiting for a train. A woman who happens to be African-American, someone he has never met in his life, never seen in his life, walks over to him and says, you effing Jews twice and walks away. Where is that coming from? My son was on a subway yesterday and someone approaches him and calls him a, a Jew N-word. Nachum, something is wrong. Something is wrong and we are not dealing with it. Yes, the politicians will all condemn anti-Semitism. It doesn't take any courage to do that, yeah, right? It sure. doesn't take any courage. I condemn anti But what are we dealing with the fact that so many of these acts of hate are being perpetrated by individuals from the African-American community. What is going on? What's motivating these young people to beat up on Jews? And wherever I go, I, I have never seen this before. You know, people are concerned. They're concerned about locally. They're concerned about members of Congress who are open anti-Semites. We never had anything like this. Anti-Semitism, we've always had. From the beginning of the world to, to, till Mashiach comes, we are going to be confronted with difficulties and with challenges. We've never had what we had, what we have now, and God forbid, in 2020, it could get much worse. Dove Hyken is here. We have to mention, because there, there are people who are tuning in and out, this Sunday there is a rally that's happening at City Hall Park in Lower Manhattan. People have an opportunity. Everyone says, what can I do? And very often people do nothing because, like, uh, can I really make a difference? This is the first rally of its kind during this very difficult period. Everyone listening... Everyone listening, unless it's your wedding on Sunday at 12 (laughs) o'clock or your bar mitzvah on Sunday at 12 o'clock, come out at 12 o'clock at City Hall Park. It's on, you know, 250 Broadway. Come out and stand with uh, 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 the the head of ZOA. Look, that's not even the point. Let us stand together, Jew and non-Jew. It makes no difference. Black, white, yellow. Have you invited leaders from the black community to come? We are working on getting some people. One of the speakers happens to be black. Look, this is not about only about Jews. 
you know, if we're in trouble, I'm telling you everyone else is in trouble. And there's a new standard in town, unfortunately, Nachum. Right. Uh, you know, there's a standard for Jews and there's a standard for everyone else. Right. If, if two gay people had been assaulted in New York, there would be... <laughs> you, you cannot even imagine headlines, headlines and or if two minority people, uh, black people, were assaulted by white people. Can you imagine if they were assaulted with guys with yarmulkes and long beards and payas? The world would be going crazy. Jews, I don't know. Jews, you can assault. It's not a problem. Yeah. What is going on? Uh, Show up at twelve o'clock this Sunday. You mentioned the attitude of certain national public officials. That has not been helpful. You mentioned that. Uh, some, in fact, who've blocked you from uh, following them on Twitter. Uh, we've read well, about that case is coming up next week in that federal is court. Coming up next week. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. Uh, also, um, and, and you mentioned rightfully how there's this wanton uh, attitude now on the streets of New York that if you see a, a, someone who's identifiably Jewish, you can attack them. But one thing you haven't mentioned, and I wonder if you consider this a factor as well. When police officers are being assaulted by water and milk at the hands of, of perpetrators, those who want to attack them and embarrass them and harm them, frankly. And it wasn't just milk and water. There, was, there were items thrown at police officers. And when, when the hands of the NYPD are relatively tied compared to the way it used to be 10 or 20 years ago in this city, I'm not justifying anti-Semitic attacks, but I think all types of attacks will be on the increase in that type of atmosphere. And everything is related. When I saw the pictures of our police officers armed with weapons, being doused with water. I mean, it was the most embarrassing. Look, I had tears coming down my face when these officers walked away embarrassed, and when the animals who did it to them, they rejoiced that this was a great moment of victory. And as far as I'm concerned, I blame the leadership of the city, and the leader of this city is a man by the name of Mayor de Blasio. Look, he's a friend of mine, but... Will anyone accuse him right now that he is a leader? A leader? Yeah, I know he condemns anti-Semitism. I know he condemned what happened to the police officers. But setting an example, the, there are no police officers who have faith in the mayor of the city of New York. And I don't think the mayor has shown the kind of outrage that he should show. By the way, how many victims of anti-Semitism has the mayor visited at their home? Right. How many? Is it possible that not any... Not even one, and imagine Including if it was going on. Victim. Exactly. So everyone out there, don't fetch, don't talk about this issue. I'm giving you something to do. By the way, it's only a start. At least show up this Sunday at 12 o'clock at City Hall Park at 250 Broadway. Be part of a message to everyone. The media is going to be there. This is going to get attention. We want to see people, all kinds of people. Bring your non-Jewish friends. Bring whoever you want. The message is a clear one. Anti-Semitism, racism, one standard for everyone. We stand together and we need to address it in an honest way. Why are so many of the attacks coming from the African-American community? Nobody wants to talk about that. How are you going to solve a problem if you don't even want to talk about the problem? At Sunday's rally, will there be acknowledgement of the NYPD? Will there be support for the NYPD? I, it's part of what I intend to do. Uh, look, I have always been a great supporter of the police department. As has our community And, and by the way, and they're not perfect, and nor are we perfect. Right. None of us are perfect. But you know something? Without the police, we're dead. 
Without the protection, they are the front line in our society. And when police can be treated in such a fashion, then Jews can be assaulted in this city and there's no real reaction. Where, where's the, all the excitement from public officials of right. what's happening to Jews? Where's the outrage? Do you see the outrage? I see a press conference. I condemn anti-Semitism. But where is that outrage? Jews, Jewish blood in the streets? And okay, what happens tomorrow? Dove Hyken just back from Israel reminding everybody that City Hall Park, 249 Broadway, it's across the street from 250, 249 Broadway, this coming Sunday at... 12 noon, come and support the NYPD, but most importantly... Very good. I like that. Support the NYPD. But and be there to, to protest, to rally about this outrageous situation in New York that's going on right now. It's before Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And it's the Bein Adam Liyadam that counts as well. So being there physically and saying, I'm here. Is this going to solve the problem? I don't know, but I'm here to be part of Klal Yisrael, part of the Jewish people, standing up and fighting back. 250 Broadway this Sunday at 12 o'clock. And as always, like my whole life, thank you very, very much. Are you kidding? A pleasure. And Shani Hyken is here, by the way. Who's Shani Hyken? We should should acknowledge. (laughs) And Shani is, of course, with that Teret Kohanim. And just remind me, this is... Students for Justice in Palestine Conference is happening at the University of Minnesota November 1st through 3rd. Another thing to be outraged about. We have a lot of work to do. (laughs) We do have a lot of work to do, that's for sure. More coming up. You're listening to JM and the AM live from uh, Gotta Get a Bagel in Woodmere. That's where we are. We're going to do our Elul chauffeur blowing, and we will get our morning chizuk today coming up from Rabbi Gladstein, who's going to replace Rabbi Goldwasser for a day. We'll explain that in just a moment if you keep it here at JM in the AM. Reminder, the rally is uh, this coming Sunday, City Hall Park, 249 Broadway in Manhattan. Make sure to be there, 249 Broadway in Manhattan, this coming Sunday. Stand up. Stand up for the Jewish community. Stand up for the NYPD. Stand up for justice in New York City and really everywhere. Simple as that. Uh, uh, By the way, I should have mentioned that we were on Facebook Live, and uh, many of our conversations this morning will be on Facebook Live. It's Facebook dot com slash Nahum Siegel Network, Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. And we are going to Facebook Live, our conversation with Eric Gladstein in just a moment. We are Facebook Live. Okay, Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. We've got, got to get a bagel here in Woodmere. And everybody um, is encouraged to come by and say hello to us between now and 9 a.m. The location of our Thursday live lunch continues to remain a mystery. Uh, speaking of mystery, the uh, the book helps us prepare for Elul and the Yom Noraim, the mystery and the majesty, the grandeur and nobility of the days of awe and joy by Rabbi Daniel Gladstein. Rabbi Gladstein is Marada Astrov, Kehilas Ahavas Yisrael, and Cedarhurst, one of the Jewish world's most popular speakers and respected Magide Shiurim. His Shiurim have garnered literally millions of views and downloads, and now he shares with us the many opportunities available to us in the Season of Majesty, the days between Rosh Chodesh Elul and Shemini Atzeres. Rabbi Gladstein's writing is incisive, stimulating, and original, bringing together a vast array of sources, many of them rare and almost unknown, and helping us make the most 
of this vital time. I will also mention, courtesy of our friends at Artscroll, that if you utilize the promo code RADIO, you get a 15% discount on the Mystery and the Majesty. This is the book right there. And you get free shipping. Simply go to artscroll.com, use the promo code RADIO. Rabbi Daniel Gladstein, welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning, Rabbi Nachman. How are you? A pleasure to have you here. Why did you write the book? Uh, I've had the privilege over approximately the last 10 years to give shiurim. I started out giving shiurim in Kugarn Hills community even before I became a Rav. And slowly the shiurim began being videoed, uh, mm-hmm. mostly on TorahAnytime.com. And I've had many viewers, and many of the viewers had over the years presented to me their versions of the shiurim in written form. And people have been asking me, you know, you gotta, you got to print it, you got to put it into print. And uh, until finally... Uh, somebody suggested I submit it to Artscroll, and I had a connection there. I had a friend, uh, Yossi Malone, who is uh, very involved with Artscroll, and he, he prodded the process along, and uh, they enjoyed the first piece, and about a year later, the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, and it takes that long to put it all together, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Uh, interesting title, by the way, The Mystery and the Majesty. Are, I, I know that there's a lot of majesty this time of year. Is yeah. there a lot of mystery this time of year? Yeah, there is, there is. There are many dimensions of the Yom Tovim that many people are not familiar with. And sometimes they, ha- they have certain clues about the Yom Tif, and they don't quite know what to do with it. And this book, uh, with Hashem's help, will hopefully open up various uh, treasures that are, are available to us if we probe a little bit deeper. Now, I'm glad you mentioned that because you have thousands of these types of little tidbits throughout the entire book. And it would be impossible to go through the entire thing. So what I did was I prepared a list oh, as I went through the book of different things I wanted to emphasize to give people an example of the types of things, types of things you discuss and to give people a taste of how this will enhance their Yom Tov season. So if you don't mind, I'm going to do some of that uh, right now. Rabbi Daniel Gladstein is with us. The book is called The uh, Mystery and the Majesty, brand new from Art Scroll. You mentioned the Chavetz Chaim's attitude toward Shuva, how he compares it to an elevator. What does that mean? So when the elevator came out, the Chavetz Chaim was very excited about that. The Chavetz Chaim saw in the elevator a paradigm or an allegory toward Shuva. Many people think that Shuva is an impossible task. And the Chavetz Chaim explained, no. Just press the button, put your best foot forward, and once you take that small step, God will give you the heavenly assistance to carry you all the way up. If you actually press the button, <laughs> God will help you speed up the process. That's correct. You yeah. know what that reminded me of, by the way? Someone said to me the other day, why is the bracha hanosein layaif koach instead of hanosein koach? You should bless God for giving strength to people. Why are you giving the tired person the strength? And it was explained to me that the reason that the, the bracha is like that is because once you've given it your all and you've showed Hashem that you are exhausted from you know, doing what you're supposed to be doing all day long, then he'll go ahead and make sure to give you the kach. Very That's similar right. yes. uh, to that thought. Um, is, is Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, and <laughs> we always joke that this may be different uh, whether you ask someone from the Ashkenazic or Sephardic community, is it a holiday based on love or based on fear? As in all dimensions of Avodah Hashem, there has to be a duality to it. So we have this expression, Gilu Barada, to rejoice in trembling, where we recognize that God is our king, and as our king, he's the most powerful entity in the world, and we tremble in his presence, but recognizing that Hashem is our king, 
makes all other anxieties and fears dissipate because we know that not only is he our king, but he's our, he's our father. And this is a point that I emphasize a lot in the Sefer. There is a concept that the mechanism of tshuva, understanding the process of tshuva is that, that since Hashem is our father, the Talmud teaches us, the Gemara says, Av shemachal al machal. A father has the right to overlook his insult, so to speak. So as our loving king, our loving father, he's able to forgive our sins. So it's only through the love that the process of tshuva is really activated. Very nice. I like that. You, you emphasize the usage of the word hayom. Yes. during uh, the uh, high holiday services. Yes. What is significant about the word hayom? So actually, this is one of my favorite subjects. Oh, good. That <laughs> the word hayom is utilized specifically in designation of Rosh Hashanah. Just a few quick examples. The beginning of Sefer Eov, I believe, Parak Aleph, Pasuk Vav, where it says, Vayihi hayom, and Rashi says, Rosh Hashanah. We say hayom haras olam, right. hayom ta'amtsenu. Right. There are so many different perushim on this, I didn't even put all of them into the book, but the, the most compelling one, I think, that did go into the book is, is the fact that most of us, most dedicated Jews, we know what to do. It's not a matter of knowing what to do, but we like to procrastinate. We push it off. We say tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. You know, we hear about Daf Yomi, Amad Yomi, Daf HaShavua, Mishnabura Yomi, Chafetz Chaim Yomi. We have all these programs. The only thing is, Yitzhahara tells us they're great. Start after Yom Kippur, right. start after Hanukkah, start after <laughs> tax season, <laughs> after Rabbi Shaila's yard side, after who knows what, right? But the job of, of tshuva is hayom. We have to do it now. It's not a matter of what, it's a matter of when. Right, and this is the day to do it. This is the no, day to no do it. No better day to do it. Uh, also, I thought that the, when I was reading what you had said about hayom, I thought there was also something significant. Maybe you said this in Kiva Yomazeh, meaning in Yom Kippur's yeah, Pasuk of Kiva yeah. Yomazeh, which oh. you wrote is very rare that we use the, the, the word oh. Bayom with a patach underneath it right. as opposed to a, uh, what would we call that? A with a shva. <laughs> right, right. With, a shva right. <laughs> with a shva underneath it. And there are very few examples of that. But the reason it was significant is because, I, and I think this was your message in that, uh, in that regard, was that people have to realize and you know what it reminded me of? There was an old radio announcer who used to say, yesterday's a canceled check, tomorrow's a promissory note, today's all we got. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it reminded me of that, that, that the, the significance of Bayom is that today is all we have. We can't, we can't serve God in the capacity of yesterday. We can't serve in the capacity of tomorrow. Today is it, and this is the time to do it, and this is the way to do it by being focused on this specific day. That yeah. does apply to yes, that puzzle, right? Yes, yes. And I'm glad to see... That you really read this book very carefully. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it was worthwhile to come here just to see <laughs> that you. somebody actually. Not only that, by the way, I'm highly recommending it. How oh, do you like you. that? That's Are you even kidding? Better. Yeah, Rabbi thank Gladstein's you. here. The book is called The Mystery and the Majesty. It will enhance your Rosh Hashanah and Kippur and Sukkis. We are on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. You have an interesting insight. I never even thought of this. I must have read this Pusuk a million times, and at my age, that's almost believable <laughs> because of the number of times we've read the Barsha. Yishmael went with Yitzhak and Avraham to the Akedah. Yeah. Why is Yishmael there? And it's a Beferish and Pasuk. Yeah, so, so the, uh, you know, you're really hitting on uh, a lot of the main uh, parts of this book and some of my favorite parts because this was actually the first essay that I submitted to Art School. And wow. This is really what won them it's over. It's a good one. <laughs> this is really a good one. We're... Yishmael had been cast away decades earlier. Right. Sarah did not like him or having him so around. So here, here's like one of the mysteries of, of that the book uncovers is that in 30-so years, God orchestrated. 
that the night before God spoke to Abraham and said, take your kid, Yishmael returned. So Abraham says, you know what? Why would Hashkancha have it that Yishmael just returned last night? Maybe Hashem refers to Yishmael. And Hashem says, no, it's Yitzchak. And the point being... Now he I says sp- his name in the Pasuk. Right. Yeah. He says, Yitzchak. And, the, and Hashem says, you know why I brought Yishmael back? Because I didn't want you to just take Yitzhak because he's the only kid in the house. Uh, I wanted you to have a choice and reject Yishmael. Wow. So the, the Akeda, if I may, sure. is, is the um, demonstration of the rejection of Yishmael and the selection of Yitzhak. So Avram brings him and Hashem says, leave him befa- behind with the Chamar. Interestingly, at the end of the Akeda, the Torah uses an expression that also is somewhat rare. Then Hashem says, now that you did this mitzvah, you will overcome Oyevav. Not Soina of. Soina of refers to Esav. Right, those Oyevav, who hate you. Oyevav is, uh, Rabbi Machai says, those who have such enmity toward you right. that you scream out, Oyevav, and that's re- referring to Yishmael. This right. is another clue that this refers to the ascendancy over Yishmael. Very good. Um, all right, I, I know we're very, very pressed for time, but there's so many things I want to ask you about. Vesamcheinu um, b'vinyana. Right, this is already in your sukkah section, yeah, yeah. where you literally um, uh, feel or write about how when one builds a sukkah, they're not only building a, uh, what we call mikdash ma'at or a, a, a hut to, to help us serve God, but they're literally fulfilling the phrase of that as we build this, we are rejoicing in the holiday and we're rejoicing within ourselves. Yes, yes. This, uh, one, one of the important essays on sukkahs is the concept that the... the Sukkah is a microcosm of the actual Beis Hamikdash, right. and uh, that's why, if I may, the, by all the other Chagim, the Torah says that the function of going up to Yerushalayim is that is a place that God's uh, Shechina dwells. That's omitted by Sukkot. And the reason is because on Sukkot, we don't need the temple to be the place of the Hashra's Hashechina. It is the Sukkah itself. We have our own So that's... that's uh, Important observation. Uh, a lot of wonderful things. A lot of wonderful things. Um, it, the the I, I love the section on Eretz Yisrael. In fact, I had I had left it open to this uh. page, thinking I'd get to it, but it seems we're very pressed for time. Unfortunately, it's called the mystery and the majesty. Elul. Yeah. Oh, one other thing I must ask you about. I never thought of our. Blo- Does the Sephardic community blow shofar during the month of Elul or not? Because it seems like you're writing that the blowing of the chauffeur in Elul is, is our substitute for sleepless. Yes, yes. I haven't uh, dominated in a in Right, a so I don't know what they shul. do, but is that what it is? Is that what the chauffeur is doing so, for us? So it's replacing sleepless? Yeah, that's uh, also important And a chauffeur has the capability of doing that. Yes, yes. yeah. That's of, also, yeah. of waking us up to the point as, as if we spent the morning saying sleepless. Yes, yes. That's pretty remarkable. <laughs> now, we say, now we understand the importance of staying in shul to hear chauffeur. That's right. During the month of El. But to hear your voice this morning also, that serves <laughs> no, as a... As <laughs> well, if that's the case, I, of, uh, I take that as a compliment. <laughs> you do have a section here, the borders of Eretz Stroll and Comp in your sukkah, the Abarbanel's revolutionary approach to sukkahs, those who love Israel, and I would hope that's everybody who's tuned in, they will get special uh, hana, special pleasure from that section. Thank you. Rabbi Gladstein, Mazel Tov on the book. Thank you so much. Art Scroll's done everybody out there a big favor. If you use the promo code radio, you can get this book at 15% off, plus uh, free shipping in the USA. It's called The Mystery and the Majesty, Elul, Yamim Narayim, and Sukkot, the grandeur and nobility of the days of awe and joy. Check it out. You will enjoy this. It will enhance 
your holiday season. Thank you, Rabbi Glass. Thank you so much. A real pleasure. And I'll have a better year now because of your book, frankly. Uh, more coming up. You are listening to JM in the AM. We are live in Woodmere at Gotta Get a Bagel here in, um, in the Five Towns. We're going to go to this uh, selection from Baruch Levine. Be back with more at JM in the AM.
That's Baruch Levine here at JM in the AM. Traveling to Israel, make sure you have the best and most reliable SIM cards, phones, and MiFi cards. Visit GroupSIM.com and order everything you need from one convenient and reliable website. Use promo code Nachum at checkout and save 15% off your order. SIM cards, phones, and MiFi cards for Israel at GroupSIM.com. Rabbi Adam Englander is the head of the school at Halb. Uh, nursery through eighth grade. Rabbi Englander, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, it's wonderful to reunite with you. Years ago, I didn't think we'd be reuniting here in the five towns. You may recall you, uh, you uh, for a while, did a stint down in Florida. I was there for 12 years. Where the weather was a little better and uh, the people were a little different than up here in New York. You have to acknowledge yeah. that. They're, they're, they're great tw- everywhere. You 12 years there? 12 years, and I loved it. Great community, great school. The best school color war breakout that you had uh, was when we visited yes. and helped you uh, break out color war. Yes, there's nothing uh, like because you know because no, you know there's no such thing as a good color war breakout. You know that. Ask any camper; they'll tell you there's no such thing as a good color war breakout. But that was still the best of all the bad ones. We knew that with your uh, long time <laughs> camp experience yeah. that, uh, that it would you would do a great huh? job, and it was awesome. Now, is this your what is it now? First, second, what year is this? I just year? started my second year at Hal. How was this transition? How was this transition from the large Florida school to the very large five-town school? Actually, more smooth than I thought it would be. It was uh, actually really great. Um, The community, the school really welcomed me. Obviously, it was, you know, sometimes a hard hard transition just in general because moving a thousand miles and new home, new schools for kids and all things like that. But um, first of all, to a certain degree, I'm really coming back to my roots. I actually graduated Halb. As a kid myself, wow. uh, so maybe not really my uh, first and second year at Hal, but uh, <laughs> been there school, before. Is this school any different than the way <laughs> the way it was back then? M- most definitely, but it's um, it's a big school. So like the biggest challenge was probably just having so many more um, adults to yeah. deal with. So such a larger um, leadership team, and you know, bringing everyone together. You know, sometimes it's hard when everyone is uh, when it's so big because you have different pieces in different places, even different campuses a couple of miles apart. Right. But we've really, uh, I think, done a great job well, of coming st- together. Th- and that's a really important point, which I'm going to get to. I want to start with the kids' angle, and, y- and you may think this is crazy, but I mean, I I have friends who are in Jewish education in different states in the United States, and they really did report back to me about a marked difference between the the uh, the types of kids and families where they were in whatever state they were in, California, wherever they were. And those in New York. Is there a vast difference between what you experienced down there in terms of the uh, student population compared to here? Are we very different than it's the way kids grew up in it's Florida? It's a great question, and it's, I'm asked that all the time. I'm asked it about the parents and about the kids, and honestly, I actually don't see that much of a difference. And I, I, I may be in the minority. Some accuse me of being uh, overly positive. <laughs> uh, That's but, a nice reputation. But, but, yeah, no, well, sometimes to a fault. But <laughs> I, hope, I hope not. But I actually don't. I think for the most part, kids are kids. Uh, adults are adults. We have the same, you know, both issues and insecurities right. and also positive and, and you know, I think it's I think it's for the most part the same. Rabbi I, Adam Englander is here, head of school at Halb. So then now to the second point. <clears throat> um, you're away from the New York area for 12 years. You come back here and you just revealed to us such a big revelation, and that is that the population of administrators and faculty members and specialists and counselors in your school system, like any school system in this area, especially the large ones is vast. I mean, you are now part of and leading a much larger staff than than no matter how big it was 
down there. What, what is that like coming into a system where there's just so many moving parts? That was, it was scary. It was a little daunting in the beginning, but um, uh, I'm blessed to have, have someone that, I, that actually coaches me on a regular basis, someone who I've been using for many years just for like, kind of like leadership, executive type coaching, and that's helped me to kind of um, focus on the angle of leadership that relates to um, building a leadership team, uh, delegating effectively. Like you have to realize you can't, you, when you have a staff of right. you know, 150 so large, people right. or 1,000 children in a school, there's no way you can... Uh, in a ver like on an individual basis, really impact each individual. So you have to kind of branch out and make sure that each leader of each division is doing what they need to do. And um, but more than anything else, it's really bringing the school together under one yeah, like course. exciting, positive culture. I'm, I'm I'm really into that. I think school culture is everything. Just the way a school it's hard to describe. Just the way a school feels. Yeah, the, and the atmosphere. way things are done in a school and atmosphere. And that's and that's been really positive. It helps. So is I think when everyone's together. Is it possible for a head of school to know the name of every uh, of the 1,000 children that you see on a um, regular basis? I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm trying to get there. It's I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good right? with names and faces, but yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> that part actually has, has been bothering me a I bit because imagine, yeah. I know, I definitely know, I'd say hundreds, but I'm not there with everybody, and I want to be, and it kind of bothers me sometimes on the inside, but then the other side of me says, well, how, how could you possibly know 1,000 kids' names, but... I will, I will not give up. I will you keep know, working on it. That's a very good goal to establish for yourself. Um, uh, tell me about the curriculum because it's now 2019, and that means that schools, especially large ones and ones that are large in our segment of the community, uh, they, they project a lot of expectations, expectations from their students, and then the parents expect a certain level of academia. What's going on curriculum-wise at so home? We actually just uh, gave a whole presentation to our parents uh, uh, the last week or so, we had two different, we called them a state of the yeshiva address. Uh, we never did anything like this before, but we um, presented exactly that. What's really going on in our school? The, the kinds of things that you don't see. You know, your children come home, you ask them a few questions, but what's really going on in terms of the curriculum, the thought process from grade to grade, the, the continuity? And it's definitely different than it was a decade or a couple of decades ago. I would say the biggest push is on... Um, what we call blended learning, and a, a more, I would call it an, an individualized approach. We really try to make education, even in large, large schools, very individualized. And we use a lot of um, data. There are a lot of um, programs that are used, math, reading, etc., where you're able to get data and really understand where children are. And because we have quite a large staff, we're able to provide remediation, instruction, enrichment in small groups to children who need it. Wow. And uh, really not just and really not just children who need it, all children. Like when you walk into our school, you're going to see children sitting at tables of seven with a teacher as opposed to one teacher sitting in front of a classroom uh, of, let's say, 25. And that's something that we're, we're really proud of. But the curriculum also is very, um, the term they use is 21st century. Yeah. It's very focused on problem solving and collaboration and on critical thinking as opposed to memory and just, you know, memorizing facts and spitting them out on tests and quizzes. Are the eighth graders focused on high school yet or not? <laughs> they actually are. We uh, already had a presentation from our own high schools. Really? Yeah, DRS and SKA, <laughs> oh are, uh, we're proud to say, are our uh, boys and girls high schools. Uh, they already came to, well, not for the kids, actually. They came to meet the parents, but... Uh, Actually, the application process is just about to start. I, I can't believe it either. Like they just they're two weeks into eighth grade, and it's already like we're talking about year-round recruiting at this point in our community. That's how it goes. Yeah, that is one thing here. It seems that there's more. Yeah, um, there's sure a little bit more, more intensity. More intensity. Yeah. That is more, more intensity and worry about um, getting into different schools, and that's that is a, a change that I felt between um, 
let's call it out of town, although I consider Boca right. only half out of town. Right. It's <laughs> half New York, half, yeah. half Florida. Are you still a proponent of, uh, of summer camp as an important part of Jewish education? Oh, huge. Yeah, I'm, I'm blessed to still be going to camp. I mean, my, my, my wife works uh, in Camp Missora. My children have been going there. Uh, we love it. Uh, I've been in camp my whole life, uh, my entire family, and um, I think the growth experiences that take place there are um, you know, really, really hard to replicate in any other environment. And, uh, and if, if people are blessed to be able to do it, I think it's a great thing. And is it possible you brought us regards today from anybody named Hollander, or uh, that didn't come up in yesterday's uh, meeting? You know what? I'll just say yes. I would hope sure. so. Sure. He said yes. So. He said, please make sure to say hi to uh, you. Oh, thank God for that. Rabbi Adam Englander, he's now the head of school at HALP. Congratulations. I'm sure this transition had its... Uh, uh, the bumpy part of the road. It's wonderful, I'm sure, to start. Yeah, year I didn't two. tell you those parts. So. <laughs> it's great to start year two in the in the capacity that you have. Anybody who wants information about how, I assume the website would be a good place to start, right? Great place to go. Thanks Thank for joining you so us much morning. for the time. I really Happy, enjoyed. healthy, and sweet New Year. Amazing. And to Same all your to you. faculty and students as well. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com on the NahumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app.
JM in the AM with Sandy Shmueli and that beautiful Mimkomcha here at JM in the AM. Well, we're in Woodmere. Uh, we, uh, we are leaving in a mystery where we will be at 11 a.m. Make sure to be tuned in and uh, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. 11 a.m. Thursday live lunch location is a mystery, but there were, it's no mystery where we are right now. We're at Gotta Get a Bagel in Woodmere, 1039 Broadway, with some special guests in our mobile studio. Ryan Hyman is here. Ryan is um, executive director, director, executive vice president. What should I call you? Uh, Chief of, Cook and Bottle Washer. There you go. At Azer Mitzion. He does all that stuff at Azer Mitzion. Uh, Azer Mitzion is sponsoring our On the Road during the month of September. Today we're at uh, in Woodmere. And um, if I can get the attention. Uh, here we go. Uh, uh, Miriam, if you don't mind, I'm just gonna. Miriam, if you don't mind, I'm just gonna read through this email with Ryan here. If you don't mind, um, it says here the winner of the great Nachum Miriam golf ball drop battle of 29. Just a moment, I'm trying to read through this email. It's I won't take, it's interrupt. Taking, it's taking me a moment. The winner of the great Nachum Miriam golf ball drop battle of 2019 by 16 golf balls. What do we call that in sports? That's a route. That's a that's practically a, uh, what word should I use? That's a, say it again? No mercy rule? That, there should be a no mercy rule on it this one. It was very nice of Stacey Siegel to buy those extra 16 <laughs> golf balls. 16 golf balls. The winner is Nahum, N-A-C-H-U-M. I apologize if I would have realized that I was reading my own name at the end of this. I may have deferred had someone else read I'm this. Sure. But I'm sure. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm surprised you didn't make me read it. Frankly, I'm shocked that I won. Am knowing, I going to have to read this during the live lunch also? Knowing your popularity, I am shocked that I won. But uh, but I'm, I humbly accept the championship in the 2019 Nahum Miriam Golf Ball Drop Battle. Uh, congratulations to DN, won over 2700 bucks. Congratulations to Daniela Gershel, won over 1300 bucks. And Dr. Shari Mann, who under normal contest rules would be eliminated and disqualified from this contest because she's related to one of the battlers. But in uh, the Jewish world, we're Jewish related th- to everyone. So Ryan, you can't Ryan do that. says everything goes. Right. Don't worry. Everything, you can't as long do as we're that. raising money for Azer Bitsio <laughs> and everything goes. Shari is the winner of $450 plus in the big contest. All right, Ryan, thank you to Azer Bitsio for sponsoring our On the Road segment. We know how, uh, thank God, inexpensive it is uh, for one swabbing, and we want people to sponsor as many swabbings as possible at the rate of $50 each so that you and your organization can continue to swab IDF soldiers, young, strong uh, soldiers who have 30, 40, 50 years ahead of them where they could potentially be um, uh, somebody who saves the life of somebody who's in need of a transplant. Um, They are... um, they are heroes. They are heroes. Those who, in fact, become matches and agree to go through the whole procedure to help save someone's life, they are heroes. And, Ryan, you've brought along a hero with you this morning at JM in the AM. I have indeed. Um, you know, Nachum, it's, uh, it's a privilege to, to know that we have 990,000-plus people in the uh, Izumitzion Bone Marrow Registry and world's growing. World's largest Jewish bone marrow registry. That's, that's correct. And, in fact, the, the world's sixth largest registry overall right. um, out of some 30 or 40 registries. So that's something I think the Jewish community should be very, very proud of. The reality is that of those 990,000, 549,000 plus. And the reason I say plus is because it's growing. we're doing a bone marrow drive every single day 
um, in the Bakum, which is the induction center for the, uh, the Israeli army. We're doing a bone marrow drive every single day, so we're bringing on hundreds and, and frankly, every month, three to 4,000 new IDF heroes. Um, and uh, that, that gives us the ability to, to reach 549,000 and continue growing. Um, and one of them is indeed here with us uh, this morning. Um, this is Yitzi Stern. Yitzi Stern, who's originally, ironically enough, from Woodmere, New York, and it's a, it, you're described as a former member of the IDF, and you were, in fact, a perfect match to save someone's life. Good morning to you. Good morning. You went to school where? In South Shore. So you went to South Shore. Then at what South age Shore did you decide to go where? 12 years old, I moved to Israel. Oh, with your family. With my family. And to what city? To Chashmonaim. Do you remember this place? Do you remember this area? I was here. You have fond memories yeah. of Woodmere. Pizza huh? pie is kind of going <laughs> to <giggle. laughs> you, you remember it all. The whole routine you have to have oh, yeah. again, huh? Uh, and uh, at some point, you're inducted into the army, age of 18, I assume. After yeshiva, 20. After yeah. yeshiva, 20 years old, you're inducted into the army. You do this swabbing at induction, yes. like Ryan just described. Exactly. And you never think about it again no. until... Until I get a call. Anyo from Mazikaron, from age of Mazikaron. This was Anya Mazikaron? Anya Mazikaron. I was at a How cemetery with a family. Uh, it's 2017. In 2017, Yamazikaron, you're literally at the Israel Memorial Day service on the cemetery, and yes. you get a call on you yourself. You get a call saying you're a match, and uh, would you like to come in for further testing? Every part of the way, they make sure that you know you want to. Are you, will sure, you, are you sure you want to? Because they want to make sure you really understand what you're doing. That. You understand the uh, the weight of it. You remember when we were in Israel, we saw some of this procedure up close and personal. It's not the easiest thing, right? If you, how would you describe it? Tell us what happens. I mean, so me personally, I got shots for a week before to make sure that I would be ready for it to get the stem cells into the bloodstream. And it's supposed to make you weak. And I personally, I went sailing that week. And I, had, I had a great time. I really did. I had a week off the army of and I course. enjoyed it. And when I showed up compared to the army, this is nothing. And when I showed up to the transplant, they said, we're just letting you know, we're afraid this may not work. We think the shots may not have affected you seeing as you had such a great week. And they didn't understand. I'm just, you know, energetic. I, I, I'm me and I'm energetic and can't hold me down with shots. Uh, shots end after a week. And then this procedure And then the begins? procedure where you lie there on a bed or in a chair for up to five, six hours with tubes and needles. It's unpleasant, but you understand what you're doing. And are you ever told anything about the person who's getting your stem cells? So one year later, I met him. The but, whole time. But till that point, no you had idea. no idea if it was a man know, or a woman. I know he's male. Oh, you knew he was male? I found out he was male, and I found out he was 60 plus. Over 60 years old. Nothing other than that. Uh, how did this reunion happen? And do both of you have to agree? Like, what's that whole negotiation yeah, about? So I got a call a year later telling me that he wants to meet. He's healthy. And so then I release a form. He releases a form. And Ezra Mitzion sets up a Where? Meet in their headquarters. In Petach right. where we were? And, uh, well, what is that like? I mean, you it's, know, it's beyond words. It must be insane. Is his family with him? Are there family members? His family's with him? with him. His children were with him. Last week, I met, I met his grandchildren. Also, uh, last week, you met his grandchildren. We went out to eat, and the whole family. <laughs> I, I became. I mean, sometimes it's you know a, a young guy to a young guy, and right. they become brothers. In this case, it's more of like a son or a grandson kind of uh, relationship. And he is alive because of you, and and that whole. That whole thought is not lost as you're standing there with him. Everyone, you get it? It was he in the beginning. It. I really, I couldn't comprehend it. Like it was hard to it. believe that, right? But then you see the way he hugs me and he tried reading a letter to me and he couldn't. So he had his wife read it to me and it was just, I can't, you know. The whole thing must have been insane. Yeah. Um, 
and there are people we should I mean I, I guess this is fair to point out there are people who may not want to go through that procedure you went through and this whole thing right I mean people do make serious decisions do they want to step in and do this right I would really hope not but I'm sure there must yeah. be a very small percentage I'm told by Ryan it's very very small that, that's good to hear they don't want to um when we say so in the idea when this was going on in 2017 were you still in the idea yes okay yes. And, i was serving as a sniper so how how long after this whole transplant happens or after all these procedures uh after you're done with them do you go back into regular service so i went in a week later i mean i finished the transplant i'm pretty sure i was back a few days later right and how, do, how does one learn to become a sniper <laughs> Well, seeing as after the army, I continued training snipers. Um, yeah, so you know what you're doing, huh? You know what I'm doing, yeah. Uh, how do you learn? There's a course. You go to sniper school. Just like... Uh, so it's not uh, a skill you just pick up. There are certain things that when we're looking to find a sniper, you don't just, you know, they don't assign the sniper. Right. In the Israeli army, you get assigned a certain, you know, that'll be your They kid. thought you are a sniper because... So it's a lot of uh, keeping your cool and independence. You have to be calm, independent. Usually you have to be Russian. Seriously? Those are the best? Uh, we had six Russians out of ten in my team. Uh, they usually go for a lot of chayalim bodedim, really, lone soldiers. Because? Because they come in with a lot of motivation. Because in a sniper team, a lot of times you have to work and alone. And independence. Independence, right. motivation. So we were ten guys. We had one Israeli. It was me, a French guy, a British guy, and six Russians. Unbelievable. Did I get that math right? And, and the majority of them were chayalim bodedim? Yes. Were you the only one who was not? It was one more. One more. One more that wasn't. Uh, and uh, and and how does one train? What what? I mean, I assume you you have your own sniper coach, right? You have somebody who trains you. Yeah, and a, it's a lot of patience and, and lying there. And do any of these guys drop out at some point because they realize, or your superiors realize, that they are not the sniper quality that we thought they might be? Right. So after they choose about six, seven guys, we all get sent to the course. And after the course, only three were selected to join the sniper team. The rest continue as snipers in the unit, but they never really train or, you know, times right. of war they may be counted on. But generally, the sniper team is the ones that get selected after the course to continue on. So you have to be cool, calm, independent. Have and a lot of patience. A lot of patience. Of patience. Make, make unbelievable decisions. Oh, yeah, and you can't shake. Yeah. you got to <laughs> right, be pretty, yeah, pretty yeah, steady. Steady on the trigger. Steady hand. Steady on the trigger. You have to make very, very serious decisions, I yes. assume, at a moment's notice. Yes. Anything else? Or the, the, that's, basically, that's basically the eyesight profile. Eyesight and the basic, yeah. Oh, what about the eyesight? If you wear glasses, are you automatically disqualified? You're not automatically disqualified. It really de would depend on your number. You right. can't have too bad eyesight. But right, but, it's, but so if, if it's not bad... It's very minuscule, yeah. And um, I, I, th I hate to ask this question, but... Were your skills put into action? <laughs> we, don't, we try not to talk about that. Well, what does try not to mean? Meaning you're not allowed to or, or there's a code where you, where you, you follow the code not to discuss it, means it publicly? We always felt that that's something that is better not discussed. So even there's nobody you would discuss it with? You no. would discuss it with your sibling, with Maybe your parents? Maybe a, a friend from the team, but other than right, that, but no. that's about it. So you may Sorry. get together 30 years from now with a team member and go, oh, remember that day? When remember that guy? <laughs> remember that guy who unfortunately was in the wrong place at the wrong time? So let me ask you this. If you won't give me details about, about the operation, which I totally understand, were those skills put to work? Were they actually put to work at those some skills point? Skills in certain ways. In certain ways they were put to work. Yeah. Amazing. Sorry, uh, I can't elaborate. No, no, that's fine. I just, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here with a Jewish hero. 
And, and, and usually when I say Jewish hero, I refer to Ryan. Oh, he's definitely the hero. But in, this, but in this case, both of us defer to you, that you're literally, you. literally a Jewish hero. We, we live peacefully here in the Five Towns area, wherever people are from today, because of people like yourself. And not all soldiers get that, but I think you, because you lived here and were part of the diaspora for a time, I think you understand what we mean by that. Yeah, it's really amazing to actually hear that. Every once yeah. in a while I get, I get feedback by people in America or all over. You know, the gratitude, and it really boosts motivation. When did you finish your service? Uh, about a year and nine months ago. Unbelievable. Yes, Ryan, go so ahead. No, so Yitzi spoke at our uh, um, golf tournament dinner um, oh, just on now, Tuesday this week. night. Yeah. Right? He was the keynote speaker, and he told his story about uh, what he'd gone through, and uh, not only the transplant, but uh, his role in the Army. Um, when he finished speaking, there was a three-minute standing ovation. I can only imagine. Yeah, because, the, because the reality is every single person there, all the hundreds of people that came out for the tournament to support Azimitzion and to support soldiers like Yitzi and, and giving them the ability to be a part of the registry, they understood that they were literally in the, in, 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 the, in the same room as a true Jewish hero. Simple as that. This is the first time I'm hearing that, by the way. <laughs> I was on the side trying to catch my breath. <laughs> I got down. It I was, was like, so overwhelming. <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't know if anybody clapped. I didn't know if they were booing. I couldn't. I had no idea. No, I have a feeling that you were uh, received it's very to well, to, to say know. the least. Um, and this is all made possible because of this unbelievable arrangement to swab all these young soldiers. Correct. It's as simple as that. And these calls to soldiers, I assume, are taking place on a regular basis. The calls are, hey, you're a match. Are you willing to come in and help save a life? Yeah, as a matter of fact, we hit a, a new milestone um, in August. Um, over 2,000 soldiers um, have already donated their stem cells and saved lives. That's the majority of the transplants that we're doing are really coming from, from our IDF heroes. Unbelievable. And when we were together at the event in Englewood, New Jersey, that was an emotional reunion between the... You heard about that? I was there. Oh, were you there that night? That was some emotional reunion between the soldier and the man, young man, in his 20s, I believe. In his 20s, yeah. Who had been saved uh, and, and had no idea that the soldier was in the room and was going to greet him that night. The, the whole thing is just unbelievable, literally saving the life. You're a hero, Yitzi Stern, because of your service in the IDF, and now you're a hero because you literally saved someone's life by going through this procedure and being there, uh, courtesy of the people at Azer Mitzion. The whole thing is amazing. And it does take time to sink in, but, uh, but it's just remarkable. Ryan, information. What do people do? How do people support? What, are they, uh, what do we do to, uh, now that the golf tournament's over, what do we do to support and be there for Azer Mitzion? So the first thing I, you know, I th really should say, if there are people who are between the ages of 18 and 45 right. and have never, ever been swabbed before, no matter um, where they live. No matter where they live, no matter what registry they may be in right. from before. If they, were, if they were in another registry, then all, all the registries in the world talk to each other. Right. So there's no need for somebody to be swabbed if they're in another registry. But right. if there's any, any of your listeners out there, again, between the ages of 18 and 45, in relatively good health, um, you know, they should reach out to me. I'd love to send them a swab kit. Get them into the no, registry. They can do it at home. Absolutely. Wow. It's a cheek swab. It takes uh, the, the thing that takes the longest is filling out the medical form, which is one page. Right. It's really no big deal. Um, but I would love to encourage your listeners to really How join the registry. That? They can reach out to me directly by by email. Um, and uh, should I say yeah, my? Yeah, of course. So it's uh, Ryan at azermitzionusa.org. That's Ryan at e z e r m i z i o n usa.org. Okay. Send me an email, um, and we'll get a swap kit out to you, uh, you know, as, as as quickly as possible. And you know, we, we you can help us get from nine hundred ninety thousand uh, to to that million mark, right. uh, and and we're going on from there as well. Uh, you know, that's 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 the first thing. The other thing we're going to be doing in uh, our next big event. 
which you guys are involved in, um, is uh, our November 9th uh, TNEC event. Uh, Teaneck, uh, Bergenfield, and New Milford. We're doing a, uh, an evening of heroes uh, where we're going to be bringing out IDF heroes to come and uh, spread the word about uh, what their experience was like having uh, been uh, uh, stem cell donors. Uh, that's number one. Uh, we're going to be bringing a, uh, a bone marrow recipient who's going to talk about his or her experience um, having gone through really one of the worst possible experiences anybody can go through and how their lives were saved. Um, and uh, we're going to be talking to the community, exposing the community to who we are, letting them know that Azimitzion is there as, frankly, as, as a life insurance policy for Jews all over the world. So that's, that's November 9th. Uh, it's going to be taking place at uh, Ketratora in, um, uh, in Tinek. Um, if you go to our uh, website, uh, eveningofheroes.com, eveningofheroes.com. All the information is there. Uh, and uh, we look forward to welcoming a, a, a big crowd. Um, if, if anything, they have to show up uh, to, to hear um, our incredible MC. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, no, it's not you. No. <laughs> our, our amazing MC, um, which is you. And uh, you're going to be having a fireside chat with, uh, with Brett Stevens, from, you know, who's currently with the, World, with the, uh, the New York Times. Which I'm very much Journal. looking forward to. Uh, am I allowed to uh, mention to him all the things he's flip-flopped about in his uh, political life? Or uh, let's discuss that before, take uh, before you take it. the stage. We'll, fig we'll figure that out <laughs> as we get closer. Ryan, I thank you. Um, uh, AzerMitzionUSA.org? Correct. AzerMitzionUSA.org. Yitzhi Stern, you've proven that you don't need to be a sniper to be a Jewish hero. All you have to do is be swabbed and then save someone's life and you're a Jewish hero. Pretty much. You can avoid all the sniper training. <laughs> How do you like that? <laughs> Anyways, Kalaka voted. Thank you and Shana Tovah to you. Brian, thank you and Shana Tovah. I remind you, Azer Mitzion brings you our on-the-road segments during the month of September. We are here at Gotta Get a Bagel, courtesy of Azer Mitzion. And I thank you, Azer Mitzion, for making sure we have an amazing month on the road. We're at a mystery location at 11 a.m. Eastern time for our Thursday live lunch. Mystery location. Tune in at 11 o'clock, and you might just be clever enough to figure out where we are. I'm clever enough to know that I'm sitting next to Charlie Harari, who's with us every single Thursday at 9 a.m. on the Nachum Siegel Network. We're on Facebook Live. Go to facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Charlie Harari, welcome back to JM in the AM. It's such an honor to be here. Thanks I'm going for having to, me. I'm going to hit you with something that I already said earlier today. Okay. You ready for this one? Because um, I think it was, so, it was so brilliant when it was first told to me. Um, why do we say, you know, there's a bracha, hanosein layayef koach, that we say every morning. Yeah. Thank you, God, for giving the tired, the fatigued strength, right? Mm hmm. So someone asks, shouldn't the bracha be hanosin koach? Blessed you, God, who gives strength. What, what do you mean, give the tired person strength? Blessed you, God, who gives strength to everybody, right? The whole thing. So the explanation I was given is as follows. That, that, that God waits to see you start the day and get out there revved up, you know. A little bit already. Necessary to, meaning acting in the way you're supposed to act and doing what you're supposed to be doing. All the chasadim, all the mitzvahs, all the, you know, all the helping others, everything you're supposed to be doing. And if you do all that and you get wiped out, if you're completely fatigued, then I will be there to get you through the rest of the day. I'll be there I to give that. you a no say. It's so true in life, I find. That, I think that's it. Meaning, if, if, you, if you wait until you have the energy, you're not going to do much in life. God's like, really? Started. That's what I put you here for? Like, for real? Like, no, you can't order it online. Like, get up. 
Um, this weekend I saw the same concept. We say, We're telling Kodesh Baruch Hu, we just keep getting back up. That's really the measure of a person. It's, it's not whether or not they get through it the first time. It's whether they get up after they fall or if they get up when they're tired. I had a discussion with one of my kids last night. Um, he, thank God, and some kids do, some kids don't, he, thank God, has the ability to wake up really early in the morning and, and get started right away. Some kids do, some kids don't. Some adults do, some adults right, don't. Right. And I said, you have no idea what kind of bracha that is, that yeah. you're able to just you know, get going early on. The early morning hours don't, don't bother you. And it really is a bracha of somebody to have that type of stamina. And people have to realize that, Sometimes the hardest part of anything yeah. is getting started. Yeah. You wrote your book. I bet yeah. you the hardest oh my God. part was just oh my God. getting started. You want to take, you want to accomplish something, go somewhere, yeah. do something special. The hardest part is just yeah. getting yeah. started. And once you do get started, all of a sudden you feel this rush. All of a sudden you have this yeah. wind beneath your wings. And we know Hanosan Leif Koach, he's yeah. there to help along. The best advice I got for when I was writing the book, and I think this is for anything, is called Messy Pages. I got it from someone, I don't remember who, and he said, the first draft is for nobody. You can never send it to anybody. When you write your first draft, it has to be written with the intention that no one in the world's going to see it but you. And the reason why that's so valuable is because if I write it for you, then I'm like, is it going to work? Forget it. But if it's just for me, it could be messy. It could be terrible. But it gets you started. If your first Start draft, the process. then you're not worried about, like, is it doesn't make sense? Is it smart? Am I going to look dumb? Your first draft is called Messy Pages. It's tremendous. <laughs> you know, someone once said to me, I, was, I once asked somebody about writing a book and things like that, and he, he says to me, do not, I think I once told this to you, do not think you have to go to a log cabin in the woods yeah, no. <laughs> and set yourself up with your typewriter <laughs> and have perfect conditions yeah, yeah. and great weather in order to get into the frame of mind to really get yeah. those words on the paper. Yeah. Just start Write writing. You know? <laughs> I had the exact same experience. I was working with someone, and I go, maybe I'll fly out to you. We'll go to the thing. He's like, what? I'm like, you know, We'll go to a cabin. He's like, you're in your office. I'm like, I can't write a book in an office. <laughs> and it's funny because some rabbis will say to me that to prepare for their Rosh Hashanah and Kippur sermons, which of course is timely, uh, to prepare for their big sermons of the year, they literally will take a day, go somewhere. But it works for them. It works for them. Yeah. They go, they think, they brainstorm, sit in a hotel where they're sitting right. at a desk and just you know away from everybody. And I get that. Their phones never stop ringing. I get that. But in reality, right. most of the time, right. it's just get started. Right. Kids just screaming, shut the door. <laughs> Can you give me a minute to breathe? <laughs> just get it going. If you were speaking this Rosh Hashanah, what would the theme be? Uh, I, actually, I shouldn't say that. You are, aren't you speaking this Rosh Hashanah? With God's help, yeah. You'll be at one of the programs, yeah, right? Yeah, So what, what will be the theme this year? Identity. Identity. Uh, I'll tell you what I've been thinking about a lot. If you look at everything that you do, just take anything you're doing throughout the day, and even waking up early in the morning, if you really break it down past the action into the thought and from the thought into why your thoughts, the end of the day... What drives our actions is our desires, our rut zone, right? If I want to write a book, it's going to drive me to sit down and write the pages. But if you think about it, when rut zone starts to give, what drives rut zone? If rut zone drives actions, then what drives rut zone? So I read this incredible book a, week, a few weeks ago that changed my life. It was by a man named Daniel Coyle. He wrote a book called The Talent Code. And in there, there's a ton of research. We don't have time for now, but a ton of research that what drives desire is identity. You wake up in the morning. You have all of this. That's your identity. So what if you're tired one morning? Are you going to be like, no, I'm just, I'm, I'll do it next month? you would be like, no, this is my identity. I identify with what I do for a living. I identify with what I'm accomplishing. When a Jew goes to a, uh, to a, a place on, on business and there's nothing to eat 
and everyone's eating McDonald's. Is he going to eat McDonald's like a frumju? Why not? Because he identifies with a certain level of, of halacha. The identity is what drives your desire, and that's what drives your actions. And that is why, by the way, so many kolakavod in our community will never miss minion. Exactly. They, they can have 105 fever. They are not yeah. missing because yeah. that is them. Yeah. That I just is told them. a story to somebody I, where I was somewhere, and I said, one of the moments that I realized how special this community was was the day after Hurricane Sandy. Hurricane Sandy knocked us out. The next morning, the shul was jammed with old people. They brought in the lights from the sukkah and generators. Why? Stay home. It's your identity. You know what Rosh Hashanah is about? It's not about sin. Yom Kippur, maybe. Elul, maybe. If it was about sin, we'd be talking about sin. We'd be having, you know what Rosh Hashanah is about? Identity. Hamelech. And we're in that kingdom. Exactly. Do we, are we really, do we really feel the pride of being a prince and a princess? Do we feel that pride? Are we just like regular people with extra stuff to do? Because you live in the world. You're just like everybody else, but you got stuff to do. You wake up early, you go to bed, you have it's kosher. But if you wake up in the morning and go, you know who I am? I'm a prince. He's my king. That's right. If the, if the identity shifts in Rosh Hashanah, then that identity drives your desire and that drives your ability to get up early, to make a difference, to go past yourself. And to see every talent you have really as given to you in order to change the world. You know, it's funny because there are people, and I think this is related. We're on Facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. I think this is related. There are people who will take on certain stringencies during the Aserah Sumei And I think it is related to what you're saying yeah. in that they are m- trying to be more identified, yeah. be even more intertwined with his kingdom. By, by sacrificing more, yeah. or by making a gesture that you know, makes it seem as if we're more you know, focused yeah. on that. And in fact, that there's a halacha like that, this to eat, to eat right. you know, pasta. No so, and, and the question they ask is, but you're faking it. Right. You know what the answer is? And it's is? only 10 days a year. Yeah, and you know what the answer is? When it comes to identity, you get to fake it. Meaning like, you don't have to think like, oh my God, if I say this, this is it going right. God's like, don't worry about 10 years from now. Just live in a moment for a few days with me. Like, I get it. You'll go back. Fine. But don't allow that I'm going to go back to ruin where you are right now. Okay, here's the danger because now when you're here with me. <laughs> I, but Rabbi Gladstein was here a few minutes ago, and he, he wrote his new brand new book, and he emphasizes ki bayom hazeh. Yeah. It's not about yeah. yesterday or tomorrow. Yeah. This is it. This, yeah. is, this is the day that you have to – and by the way, it's not just Yom Kippur. It's any day. It's, this is the day. Focus yeah. on today. Don't worry, like you just said. Don't worry about 10 years from now or, 10, you know, or yesterday or 10 days ago. Yeah. This is today. That you have to concentrate on By the yeah. way, I have to tell you, and I know, I know we're running out of time, but I just have to tell you <laughs> that, and I know this is not Yom Narayim related, but your, your description this summer <laughs> of, how, of how a young man in the Yeshiva League high school community gets a nickname... <laughs> I mean, I got to tell you something. And I've been sharing it, you should know, with everybody. And they look at me, especially the women, look at me like, what? That that, and I'm telling you, the kid walks in the first day with sushi. His name for the sushi. next four years is sushi. What do you mean he has a first name? I am telling you. His have, parents cried over him after his grandfather. It's not the matter. You have to trust me. And they said, well, I don't understand. This. I said, let me give you the list of high school names from my high school. Let me give you it wasn't everybody, but it was plenty of guys. I mean, so like, uh, I'll, 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 never, I'll never forget when we when we were. Okay, can I tell the story? <laughs> 
I apologize to Miriam Wallach, who's trying desperately to produce a show here, and I, uh, and I sympathize with uh, her. But I have to say one thing. We're in ninth grade. And, and one of the neighbors to the dorm is, is upset because some of the guys in the dorm are making too much noise, isn't that? And it turns out that, that at some point, you know, there was a payphone. You know, it was a different era. Right. It was a payphone. So what happened was somebody got a, somebody got a, I, I don't want to use the guy's real name. Somebody got a phone call. So someone's running down the hall, Schreiber, Schreiber, phone call, Schreiber, Schreiber. So this guy comes to complain to the dorm about you know, being too noisy. So somebody, a guy was, was, uh, was running down the hall and, um, and, 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 and I was screaming, you know, Shider, Shider, you know, what was that guy's name for the rest of high school? Shider, of course. <laughs> and I'm saying that's exactly. That's the level of thought that we have. God bless guys. If we didn't come from women or marry women, we would die. One generation. Charlie, you're the best. You're the Thank best. you Thanks so much. Charlie Harari, everybody, with, with inspirational words about the upcoming high holidays and with a uh, look back at his description of how guys get their nicknames. Naftali Kazdan is here. Where's Naftali Kazdan? There he is. Naftali, let's take an official photograph. Come on, get over here. Put the headphones on him. Yoni Z is next. You're listening to JM and the AM from Woodmere at Gotta Get a Bagel. כל רגע הוא יקר הזמן עוזר לו וחולף נגמר ושום דבר לא מיותר היום היום הזה כל כך קצר עולם זמני עולם מוזר כל מה שלא תיקח נשאר תגיד אולי מחר, תחשוב הכל זה שום דבר, עוד רגע ההווה עבר, שים לב, אל תשכח את האוצר, חטוף בכל מה שאפשר, מה שטבע של היום תאכל מחר. מה
That's from Yoni Z. We're at Gotta Get a Bagel in Woodmere where, uh, boy, this place is bustling. And a special shout-out to the Kasdan family who uh, made a beautiful sign welcoming us to Woodmere. Uh, you may see that online uh, in uh, a whole variety of social media locations. Just took some photos with that. A reminder from our friends at Artscore, by Gladstein's brand-new book uh, is available with a 15% discount when you use the promo code RADIO. Go to uh, artscroll.com. Uh, again, Rabbi Gladstein's brand new book, 15% off when you use the promo code RADIO. And um, uh, also free shipping in the United States, artscroll.com for all information. Go to facebook.com right now for our Facebook Live conversation with our friends from Hindi's Libraries. Go to facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Leslie Gang and David Kannerfogel are here. Welcome to JM in the AM. Thank Good you. Good to have you here. Good morning. Tell us, what is Hindi's Libraries? Um, Hindi's Libraries is an organization that we start, started um, in January to honor my wife, um, who passed away last August. Um, Hindi was an English teacher, had a doctorate in literacy education, loved just the, the, the fact and the skill of reading. Um, and this was something that we started as a way to promote literacy. What we do is we collect used, gently used, and new children's books, um, mostly from you know anybody who has them, and we label them, we pack them up, we ship them to organizations that work with kids in need. Wow. Yeah. Um, first of all, a wonderful tribute. And yep. uh, it, wh what has the response been so far? Well, we started uh, very, very small. Um, well, you know, I'm from Cedarhurst, Leslie's from Hewlett, uh, and it, it was just a very local thing first. Um, the first time we asked for books, we got hundreds when we were expecting dozens. Um, we've now collected over 30,000 books. 35,000 books. Um, 35,000 books? Pe this is bigger than five towns now. This is bigger than Nassau County now. This is um, like the entire tri-state area. We have drop-off locations in Muncie, in Teaneck, in Westchester. Um, it's, 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 uh, it's just an easy thing to do. It's an easy thing it's easy for people to get involved in, um, and it's just grown so fast. Is it difficult to find organizations that need these books? No, I think actually we've been um, receiving so many responses from nonprofit organizations throughout the country that the issue has become, do we have enough books to give to them? We now partner with more than 350 organizations in the country. We're partnered with all 50 states, Puerto Rico, Israel. So I actually get phone calls maybe three or four a day hey, we just saw you on social media, we just found your website, can we get some books? So in that regard, it's amazing. We've gotten so many organizations that need books, and thankfully we're in a community where there are people who have the books to give, and it's been wonderful. The web address is? www.hindislibraries.com And all the drop-offs and all the other information are all there? Everything's on there, kind of a list of kinds of books that we're looking for. You realize um, you've stunned me with these numbers. I, mean, it's I just see unbelievable. Your I mean, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. um, is there an indication on each book that it comes from Hindi's libraries? Yes, there's actually a label on each book. Um, so someone could be using this in Oregon. Correct. And they know to acknowledge the correct. work that you've they done are. in memory of your wife. Yeah, we get right. photos sometimes of these organizations with kids that um, are clearly not from here with these books that this kid would not have this book if not for Hindi and if not for someone in, uh, I, I, we used to say someone in this community, but really it's bigger than the community now, yeah. um, from someone here who had gotten that kid that book. 
Um, one thing I've learned from this conversation, I think people do have a lot of leftover children's yes. books as their kids get older. They're obviously using children's books for only a finite amount, finite number of years. And as the kids get older, there's probably a stack of books in everyone's home. And now we have a great address for them to send them to. There's a connection people have to books. They never feel that they want to throw them away. As right. a mother myself, I've kept so many board books. And you never want to throw them in the garbage. So this gives people a reason to give them away to something they feel passionate about. Even if they don't know Hindi or David or myself or anything about us, they know that a child will be getting their book who may not have afforded one otherwise. And it makes them feel good, and that's important. Are you, you know? also a relative of Hindi or a friend? No, I had worked with her. And you decided to take this upon yourself. It's an, am it's an amazing thing that you're doing. Um, tell me about her in the classroom. What did people tell you about her teaching skills and the way she related to the kids? Um, Hindi was very, uh, I think her number one skill as an educator was empathy. She related to kids in a way that I, I think even the kids were kind of stunned to have this <laughs> high school teacher who, uh, you know, uh, Hindi loved language, so she would speak their language literally. She always took them seriously as people. Um, she didn't always call them adults. She would call because she's like, you're not adults, you're high schoolers, but you're people. Um, and she would she helped kids write college application essays. She loved doing that, both for the English side of it, but also as helping them as as individuals. Um, she was a, a little bit of a tough love in, in the sense of she held people to high expectations, um, but always in a loving, warm way. She sounds like one of those teachers that people look back and say, I had one great teacher in my academic career, and... You know, she'd be in that category. That's exactly what the, the kinds of stories that we heard right. about her afterwards. Um, I, can I mean, we, we, I, I knew it at the time, too, but um, yeah, she's had just uh, hundreds of students that she's. Sometimes it to takes reach. the high schoolers a few years to realize it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> They're not always ready to admit it right yeah. away. Um, the website, hindislibraries.com. Hindislibraries.com. The pickup and drop, uh, the drop off, I should say, uh, locations are on there. Everyone's encouraged. Uh, I assume it's unlimited, right? If you have a thousand books in your house, bring them over. You're ready for it. Yeah, we. When people reach out to us, we actually have a list of guidelines that we give to our donors to show them exactly what we are able to donate, those that we are not able to donate. So we guide them through it, and then we schedule a pickup. Pickup if it's local. If not, we show them drop-offs, but we guide them through the entire process. And you have volunteers preparing each book and then mailing them out. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's you mostly the two of us, but actually wow. we've had people that wanted to get involved, some high school students um, that have organized sort of a, as, as a Chesed Hours project. Yeah, I mean, tens of thousands of books takes yeah. time, doesn't yeah. it? I can it imagine. Well, continued good luck, an amazing tribute to your wife. Continued good luck, and we'll recommend to everybody to go to hindislibraries.com and Thank get involved. You. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank, Thank you very for much. A pleasure, us. a real Thank pleasure. You. Happy, healthy, and sweet New Year. JM and the AM, as we continue from the five towns, we're at Gotta Get a Bagel here. In Woodmere, uh, we'll continue with Yehuda Green, back with more from Gotta Get a Bagel here at the Malcolm Siegel Network.
Yehuda Green. This coming Sunday, Torah, New York, indoors at City Field. This coming Sunday, Torah, New York, indoors at City Field. A day of Torah study, inspiration, and connection. The Smichas Chaver program and Siyum. The Rav's Tshuva Drush, a never-before-seen footage. A children's program, a teen program. It's all happening with new speakers, new programs, a whole new experience. Go to... Uh, TorahNY.org and register. TorahNY.org. Yoni Pollock tells me that now we're on Instagram. Go to uh, Instagram, Nahum Siegel Network. We're being fair to our social media affiliates. <laughs> we started with Facebook Live. Now we're on Instagram Live. On Instagram, go visit Nahum Siegel Network. Again, on Instagram, go visit Nahum Siegel Network the host of Table for Two on the Nahum Siegel Network, and one of the hardest working people in the world of kosher media and food is Naomi Nachman, the Aussie Gourmet. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Hi, Nachum. This was the best commute ever. I literally drove for two minutes and I was at Gordon are you a Bagel. Are you a two-minute commute from here? Um, literally, it took me two minutes. So I the only way in. we could do better is go broadcast from your living room. That would be the only room, way to do better. Done, which we've <laughs> done. Which we've done. true. Yeah. We, I'm like literally one block that way. Uh-huh, okay. I come here all the time. So we really, I mean, <laughs> talk about being convenient. We've right. proven to be very convenient for you this morning. Oh, absolutely. Now, the rumor is you're going to be at Torah New York I on Sunday. I am going to be at Torah New York on Sunday. Your role there will be? Not Rebertson. <laughs> what will the role be? Okay, actually, it's kind of like when Rabbi Pardo uh, called me uh, to come to do some sort of cooking thing yeah. at, um, at the on Sunday. I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, they're coming to learn Torah. So I'm like, okay, I'm always thinking, my brain's always on, how can we turn this around? Let's do a cooking demo with halachas. Because there are so many things that we do wrong when we make a salad on Shabbos. Uh-oh. <laughs> right away, schita, tochen, bore, right? Right away, people don't even realize what they're doing. So, we're going to do a shear. Me and Rabbi Eli Gerstein are going to do a shear on cooking on Shabbos and Yontif. And I'm going to give out recipe cards. Art Scroll made recipe cards for me. Rabbi Gersten has been with us on the pre-Pesach show, as you know. He knows everything. Everything. He knows everything. <laughs> 
and now I'm getting scared because he, he, he may tell everybody that everything we're doing with salad is wrong. Right, <laughs> I'm right. Getting so worried. I'm a little nervous too, but he's amazing, and we're doing right. this. And Art Scroll made cards, and I'm with a recipe, and on the back is a menu suggestion right. from my book that you can do, and a code to get my book even cheaper from Art Scroll. That cool. Art Scroll was such good champs. All right, so uh, everybody out there, when you're there Sunday at City Field, check out Naomi's got a whole demonstration, including. The halachic aspects yes. of cooking, especially making salad. I thought that was a good trick, yeah. you know, a, a good twist. It certainly is. Oh, you must be busy. Rosh Hashanah is coming I up. Am, You're doing I new am. shows I've, with the Nahum Siegel Network. I am. And I'm a actually whole headed to the studio I now. know. And uh, you're going to be there most of the day. Most of the day, preparing for the upcoming shows. Um, just a lot going on. Rosh Hashanah catering. I just did a book tour. I did uh, eight events in the last ten days. In your most recent book, what is the Rosh Hashanah item? What okay. is the item? I said you have one. You have a choice of one okay, thing from that book to make for Rosh Hashanah. It would be? Simanim ceviche. <laughs> okay, details, please. Okay, <laughs> simanim are all the symbolic foods that we eat Correct. on Rosh Hashanah. Big deal on the first ceviche. night especially. Right? Do you know what ceviche is? No, I don't. It's actually Peruvian, South American. It's fish cured in citrus. Okay. You've actually had it once before. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I did a demo at it when Stacy was there. Nice. Um, at Cooking for a Cause, Culinary for a Cause. I remember that, right. And then I gave her the rest to take home to you and you liked it. There <laughs> so you go. So I did a whole twist on ceviche um, and putting all the simanim in, like um, leeks and carrots and apples and silan and olive oil. Do pomegranates get in there? Of they get in Pomegranates, of course. Actually, I did that in a lot of my demos last week in Florida. Um, and that would be, I mean, Rosh Hashanah itself, it's, it's Simanim Ceviche. And then I've got carrot muffins in there and, you know, carrot, carrot date muffins. You know, and a few things that have got some nice twists in there for Rosh Hashanah. Your favorite Rosh Hashanah challah. What would be in your favorite Rosh Hashanah challah? You know, I'm a big traditionalist. Yeah, and therefore? So, I go with plain challah, regular challah. But it's it's some of my toppings. Like, I'll sometimes put in chocolate chips because I don't like raisins. I'm not a raisin girl. Like, do you like raisins? I like raisins, but not in challah. Yeah, I don't think it belongs them, there. Oh, and then you and it ruins my challah board, and it ruins my challah night. It's yucky. <laughs> so I do. No offense to the raisin community. Yeah, I know. They're going to get after right. us oh. So, I put in, I've done chocolate chips because it kind of looks like a raisin. Right. But it, yeah. It does look a bit bit messy if the color is hot but um yeah i just but i have a pumpkin challah because we do eat pumpkin on thanksgiving i believe kra is pumpkin is one of the simanim so um we have like oguads people say same family so i'll do my pumpkin challah it's in i the think book. i have seen people use uh, pumpkin for simanim yeah yeah so i put that in the book um yeah. i actually came up with it for thanksgiving all those years ago right <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> Remember that? That can't believe that's like five Gosh. or six years ago at this point. But yeah, th- this year it's a complete opposite. It's way, way, way past. Right, we're going to have Sukkot and Thanksgiving yes. together because Sukkot so, is that so actually, late. That so. actually looks like it might happen. <laughs> Naomi Nachman's here, the Aussie Gourmet host of a Table for Two Fridays, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, right after. JM in the AM. Uh, what are we looking forward to tomorrow? Do you remember what's on tap So actually, we're going to have Rabbi Pardo from OU Torah. Oh, good. Okay. You know, I'm leading a birthright food trip. Right. When is um, that? That is the week of Hanukkah. Okay. I get two days of Hanukkah with my kids, and then I go to Israel uh, is to there, be with my other kids. Is there interest? Is there, are there people yeah, signing they've, up? Yeah, they've it? done really well, thank God. Good. It's um, it's food and culture trip. So um, Shachar Avraham is coming on the trip, uh, is coming to the studio, and we're going to talk about that. And then I'm talking... Um, with, of course, I'm bl- Nicholas. Uh, blanking on his last name. I hate, you know, like Say the brain, the brain, the brain, the brain freezes as it gets older. Um, he's got this blech that's a piece of furniture. 
So it's drawers with a door and everything, approved by the OU. It's amazing. He dropped it at my house yesterday. Guys, check out my story on Instagram today. It is a blech. It'll be up there till this afternoon. It's a blech in like th- with three drawers. It looks mamish like a cabinet, and it keeps the food hot. I tried it out for dinner last night. I made um, arayas, which is pita, stuffed with meat, and then you fry it or put on a grill. And then I put it in the warmer to see if it gets soggy because sometimes things on the blech right. get like soggy. We hate that. And it was crispy. It was, it was amazing still. So, so it worked. He's coming on the show because I think it'll be such a great thing to have in your house for uh, Yonta, for Shabbos. And you can really stack a lot in there. All so. right. So anybody who would uh, like to hear that conversation, in addition to all your other guests, tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock, right after JM and the AM. Naomi Nachman is here. So how was the trip down in Florida? Amazing. So many great places to eat there. Why is it that Florida I, has such I an incredible know. array of kosher we food? We run. I think maybe there are larger Jewish neighborhoods up here that don't have uh, that I know. those types and, of restaurants. And the variety and different. Each restaurant, one is different yeah. from the other. Um, I think it's maybe because it's warmer down there and they have better crops and the vegetables taste better well, or they're getting the whole South the American... Week. Earlier in the week, we asked why Teaneck, which is not the largest Jewish community, has such an array of restaurants compared to larger Jewish communities. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if if it's weather, culture, or what, but certain areas just have this amazing attraction. And it's amazing. Remember, like, I can't say when we were growing up, because I grew up in Australia, but when we were all younger, 41st Street and Collins was the place to be. Correct. Not so much anymore. It's a wonderful there. Tasty beaches there. That's probably one of my favorite milk places in all over the, from all over the world that I've Things seen. Things have moved north, right? It's, but they've gone to Surfside. Right. One after the other. There must be like 10, 12 restaurants. Boom, boom, boom. They're all full. They're all busy. They're all fabulous. Michelle Sacker, she's the Miami food yenta. Uh, she lives down there. She's in, in the know of all the food, and she took me around. We did a food crawl. Josh Schwartz, he took me around to the Grove supermarkets. They're like the kind of like the gourmet glut of Florida, nice. if I can make that analogy. Nice. So there's that's a lot a, going that's on. That's a compliment to them. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're doing really good stuff. My, so there's Miami a lot. Food Yenta. Yeah. That's a name that, uh, that she doesn't mind having. Michelle, <laughs> Michelle Sacker, yeah. I helped her coin it. But a shout out to her and the whole foodie group. There's a whole foodie culture going on down there like we have up here. Right, 100%. And they're, and they're spectacular. And we're all getting together soon for kosher fairs. Right. And, and the you Jewish have a food big media. Uh, Monday is the big event, right? You have a social media event Monday? Yeah, the right. social media summit for That's the Jewish women's entrepreneur. I'm super, super excited about that. I'm actually presenting on networking. Nice. Because that's my thing, you know. I love to connect. And help people. You never know where you may see Naomi. You yeah, never yeah. You, you never ne- know. You never know when she's going to start up a conversation but with ne- you. Ne- next week, I'll be after Monday, I'll be in my kitchen till Lichbenching on. So one week of straight cooking. One week of straight cooking. I'm actually tired thinking about it. Right. Uh, <laughs> all right. So we talked about the fish earlier. Give me a meat dish that you would a make. A meat dish. Wine and pomegranate roast. It's a shoulder roast. It's a good quality cut You're of meat. You're ready for these questions. I'm I ready. <laughs> also, t- it's the season, you know. Of wine and pomegranate roast. roast. Yeah. It's what kind of wine? Any red wine? Judge me not. Any red wine? Cream of Lager works too. Seriously? Yeah, my husband loves those sweet wines. Okay, good. And what's wrong with the, with the sweet sauce for, yeah, for the meat wine? Yeah, and ketchup and pomegranate right. juice, like Pom, that brand. Mix it up and then you put it on the roast and with a rub. It's fantastic. Um, apple turnovers is a really great dessert. I'm actually going to be doing that on CBS Morning News. Not, what is that, Not Sunday? this Sunday. Erev Rosh Hashanah. Mama's Erev Rosh Hashanah. I'm so excited. I watch that newscast. I watch that okay, newscast so after w- school on Sunday morning. 8 o'clock, I will be there. I look forward to that. And I love apple turnovers. Oh my I love oh, apple had turnovers. Had I known, I've got them on my <laughs> counter with a tchina, with a tchina drizzle. 
Apple turnovers with a tina yeah, drizzle. It's in my book. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I was Stacy to show it to you. I would go for that hard sugar. You know the. Uh, it's got it in it. It's got it. In it's well. got that little sesame Mediterranean flavor that we all so love. Amazing. Yeah. All right, Naomi. I don't know what to tell you other than the happy, healthy, and sweet New Year. Thank I mean, you. this is amazing. Thank uh, you. You're everywhere, and uh, the book Baruch Hashem is doing great and uh, perfect flavors. Yeah. And uh, anybody who wants information about any of this, they could literally just email you. Email, DM me, you know. You, get you to go to a chop competition. Yeah. Uh, to run a chop competition. To run, I do tons of chop competitions. And do your lectures and demonstrations, make apple turnovers, whatever they want. <laughs> Simple as that. Absolutely. Thank Nachum, you, thank you. Shana to you Shana and to Miriam. Thank you. Shana I'm headed to, to the studio. I've got to get gas for the car. Our best regards, everybody, at the studio. We're on Instagram Live. Instagram Live, Nachum Siegel Network. Whew. Wow, what a morning. What a morning. I'm told Mrs. Levinson is here. I'm told Mrs. Levinson has come to visit us here at the mobile studio of the Nachum Siegel Network. You'd think Mrs. Levinson would have had enough of me after all these weeks. Wouldn't you have thought that at, the, at this point? A little too much exposure to the NSN brand? I know how she feels. Now, this is the table of, what do we call them? This is the table of? I mean. What's the word? Isn't there a term for these guys? What? Sid K. Woodmere. Sid K. Woodmere, we call them? Or they call them. Right. <laughs> they got their shout out. By the way, just so you know, the gentleman who's sitting in the middle right here, that is Uncle Jerry. Hey there, Uncle Jerry. Uh, you should know Uncle Jerry because one Yosef Siegel stays with Uncle Jerry and Aunt Sharon ah. when he's in Woodmere, and so he is at Uncle Jerry's. Yes, yeah, see, this is the... Oh, Zikne Woodmere. What's that say on the other side? This table... This yeah, I knew it. I knew it was another name for this these just, guys. This just, we like this side. Yeah, I We like this, this side. This side's the one we keep on the air. Boy, oh, boy. Exactly. So did the Sidke Woodmere know that uh, my son married someone from Woodmere? I think they've heard. I they think heard everyone's... We're still getting mazel tubs. There you go. Exactly. And by the way, that's shout out to these that's kids. My, that's my machatanister. Is that the right word? It is. It, yes. Hey, machatanister, raise your hand so the altar, uh, altar crowd there there knows who you are. And shout out to all these kids from Nishmat who came by. Hello, Nishmat crew. Let's hear it for the Nishmat exactly. crew there here. Is Woo! that it? There are only four kids here from Nishmat? Who else is ah, here? Plenty more. Look at this. Can we do better than that? All these guys. They're not up yet. I want to say hi and thank you to Joel. Yes, I've got to Joel get a bagel. did a great job as always. Joel and his staff. Yep. Here on Broadway in Woodmere. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Joel. Thank you very much. We thank them. We can place uh, orders. You can place orders here at Gotta Get a Bagel until the 27th of September for your Rosh Hashanah orders at 516-569-6628. 516-569-6628. Charlie Harari and Unlocking Greatness is coming up next. Full schedule. You're going to be speaking with um, Adina Schmidman of the OU Women's Initiative on That's Life starting at 1030. And the question of where will we be for the 11 o'clock Thursday live lunch, that question will be answered at 11 o'clock. If everyone pays careful attention to our social media and, of course, to us here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Torah New York this coming Sunday. Torah New York this coming Sunday. Go to uh, TorahNY.org. TorahNY.org and register for the big event at City Field, courtesy of the OU. TorahNY.org. And a big thank you to Azer Mitzion, a sponsor our September on the go. Thank you, Azer Mitzion. We are on the road with Azer Mitzion all through the month of September. Thank you for sponsoring and thank you for facilitating our amazing victory over Team Miriam in the ball drop contest 
uh, earlier this week. Big uh, thank you to Avrami, of course, who's monitoring everything as we speak. And a thank you to Yoni Pollock, serving as our engineer here at Gotta Get a Bagel. As far as I know, we uh, maintained connectivity throughout the entire morning, which is a <laughs> tremendous and incredible accomplishment. Our live lunch at 11 o'clock, where will it be? You can start guessing on social media and on our app. Start guessing where we're going to be at 11 o'clock today. Achenu, be Israel and Achim Mechemer, brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and AchimSingle.com, and the AchimSingle Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. And that will wrap up. Miriam L. Wallach, wrap it up. Say it in one sentence. Tell everybody what this morning was like in one sentence. Thank you, Joel. Thank you, Gotta Get a Bagel. See you somewhere at 11 a.m. Less than two hours from now. We will 15 be... minutes from here. Mm, where could it be? Where Stay could it be? tuned. Stay tuned is right. Thank you, Woodmere. You're always amazing for us, Woodmere. Thank you very much. Thank you to the Five Towns. Thank you, Joel, and Gotta Get a Bagel. And if you want breakfast or lunch or dinner, you come here. It's an amazing place. Thank you to everybody for making this a phenomenal show this morning. On the Road continues with our Thursday live lunch from a mystery location at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to be tuned in. Have a fabulous Thursday. Until tomorrow, Malcolm Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.